Extreme PC UK. Hi and welcome to episode 44 of Extreme PC UK podcast. Today is the 2nd of October and I'm your host Nick, also known as Extreme PC UK on Steam. And today on the show we have... Hi, I'm Jansen and on Steam I'm Jay himself. Hi, I'm Lee and on Steam I'm known as Man City. Hi, I'm Zach and on Steam I'm known as Call Me Wacky. Hi, I'm Matt and on Steam I'm known as the Irish Guardian. Welcome back, Matt. You ain't been on for a little while, have you? Thank you very much. You've been... Yeah, uh... You've been walkabout. <laughs> I have. Been all over the place, but anywhere but here with us. But now you're back. <laughs> now, you are you're always in the community. Mainly, we've got Matt on today because we're going to be talking about ARC, and uh, Matt's into ARC lots as well, so uh, we'll crack on with that later on. First off, I'd like to say to everybody, sorry about we're out so late. We're like a week behind. We've been so, so busy with shows and stuff like that that we haven't been able to get the podcast recorded, and it's now the second, like I just said, so it should be out. I don't know, by the 4th, hopefully, but we're a little bit late, so we're sorry for that. Any questions, send them into extremepeaceuk at gmail.com. The Steam group, join that so you can get into some games with us. We've had quite a lot of new people this month, so get in there. Join us in some games. Instagram, to check out all of our latest work. There's a few computer builds going on there. Facebook, just to get into discussions with people. And finally, Discord. Make sure you guys all get into our Discord, because that's where everything sort of takes part. That's where everybody, yeah, that's where everybody's chatting all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So jump on there, get in Discord. Even if you don't want to talk to us yet, you can get in there and uh, watch the conversations and, and sort of get in. PremierComputerFairs.co.uk, check them out. That's the guys we do all the shows with. We haven't done any in the last couple of weeks, but we should have one soon. So just keep an eye out from their website and where they are, because there might be one local to you. They're all over England. Right, going on to the Twitch. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to Trevnod, two months you've uh, subscribed for. Glutzy, you've subscribed as well. And Irish Guardian, which is young Matthew here, you've subscribed as well. Yeah, thanks for that. It's good to have the subscriptions. It helps us all out. We'll say, like I said before, with um, Twitch Prime, if you've got Twitch Prime, you can have a free sub. So if you have that, it supports us. We've got the cheer league, more people getting in that. And I've now made the Twitch channel to give away free game keys every time we get like above 15 viewers. So just to try and keep the bulk of people in there. So that's another little thing going on. There's a little game of bingo and... uh, we do like a bit of a bingo. You like a bit of bingo, don't you, Lee? Yeah, didn't win though, fortunately. <laughs> Actually, you've lost every single time, I think. Right, iTunes reviews. Man City gave us a five star and he says he listened to the podcast, which he felt was very good. He joined the Discord channel where the guys chat and hang out. He goes, they're setting up a uh, great community on there. He played the games with the guys and made to feel part of the gaming community. Great work, guys. And that was actually uh, you, Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So, yeah. Fair play for that, man. Fair play. It's a good old uh, five-star review. No props. He's buying his way in, though. Buying his way in. Marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Cheers for that. But like I always say, anyone that does give an iTunes review, if you haven't given one already, it helps us out. It gets us up the ratings. It obviously gets us heard more and then just gives us a bigger boost, really. So if you do that, we appreciate it. Thank you, people. Thank you, Lee. No worries. And right, let's move on to the, the main uh, part of the podcast, the news. Now, this month, we've got quite a bit of news because we went to EGX in Birmingham. If you don't know what that is, it's like a massive computer show. It's not just for PCs. It's for all consoles, PCs, gaming, mobile. It's a bit of everything all round. Last year, we went to EGX. I didn't really enjoy it so much because I like to see all the computers, like all the PCs that are water-cooled and all that, and all the one-off like machines. Yeah. Now, I found that the last one I went to, there were so many consoles there. It just was like it was based with consoles, but... Then we went to Insomnia after that, and Insomnia was based on all PCs, and it was just like two totally different shows, you know? Like, 
with Insomnia, you, every single stand you go to to play a game, there's a gaming PC sat on the desk. And it just, we was there all the time, weren't we, at Insomnia, looking at every single machine. Yeah, so when you're at Insomnia, you're not just looking at the games, you're looking at all the PCs that are there as well. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And, and like, it's not like they're just normal PCs. Insomnia, they're actually like proper gaming PCs, top yeah. specs, but on every single machine. So if you've got a row of like 20 Far Cry 4s playing or something like that, say, or whatever game you want to talk about, but say you've got them running there, they will all be different gaming PCs all set up so you can just look at each one what people are playing on. But with EGX, normally, it's just console after console after console, which I ain't got a problem with that, but I just like the PCs. But when we went this time, there was quite a lot there, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. What was um, what was your main things that you lot liked about EGX this year then? Yeah, so the main game that I wanted to see the show was Far Cry 5. But when we got there, it's like the queues for, like to actually play the game were crazy. And... I, I couldn't be asked to stand in the queue for that long <laughs> to play the game for like five minutes. So uh, we, we all still just hanged to... over the fence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were on the sidelines kind of watching over other people's shoulders. But I felt like, yeah, that, that was still good enough to actually see it being played live and mm. get an idea of what the game plays like and but stuff. That's what I found with EGX. Though. It's just like it, it, some of the boosts for big games weren't big enough. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, and the queue is down, just way too yeah, to cut down on the lines, they just need to make their booths bigger. They've got enough space. That place is huge. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought the same thing. It's like the two big games there was Far Cry and Call of Duty, and the queues were massive. The, the, just they... to butt in, though, the reason why their booths are that size is because them booths to set up them big ones, like all the ones with the work on and that, they cost fortunes. Yeah, but they're big companies. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about fortune fortunes. Yeah, they don't want to spend i think for about a normal desk size table yeah with electricity you're looking at like five grand yeah, but i suppose this... as well they're thinking that people are queuing so whether yeah, they yeah. Definitely move for a small booth people are going to queue to yeah, play yeah that's like when you get a shop or something the first thing you do is don't open it yet because you want to queue outside so that people mm. look and go oh there's a queue there it makes more mm. people join the queue so they keep them queues there on purpose well that's just my own personal preference if it, just, if it was just walking booths. in and walking straight out you wouldn't even bother looking at it yeah, yeah the thing it's is, part of the sales tactics isn't yeah, it? But yeah. the thing is I, I went there to play that game so if there was no queue I'd go straight in and play it yeah but not everyone's like you <laughs> <laughs> I did dancing. like that they had it uh, quite an open display as well so yeah, you you yeah. whilst you were queuing you were queuing alongside people playing so you could watch them play before you played yourself and if you didn't want to queue you could do what we did and stand there for like five, ten minutes watching other people play it. The thing that I find is, though, yeah, you know, with a game like that, if like yourself and all of us on here, Far Cry 5 is going to be a game that if you've played the rest of them, you're going to want to see it. and But you're already going to know what it looks like because you're going to have looked up on it before you go there. So mm. you're going to have a slight idea. And then that's when you get there and you go, right, I want to play this because it looks really good. I don't get is they was playing it on PS4s and I reckon yeah. Far Cry 5 would have been 10 times better on a PC. Yeah, but that's again, like I said, EGX. I know it's EGX, yeah. yeah. But I suppose for their booth, it's easier for them to have 20 PlayStations than it is to have 20 gaming PCs because mm. on a PlayStation, it will run at 100% on a PlayStation. But on yeah. a PC, they're going to have to have two grand PCs on each stand to run it at full whack. Yeah. There's no way I would have queued for that, though, just to play it. I, I don't play on a roller. I'd rather just wait until it comes out. So that, that game's useless to me. 
playing. They on used it. to give oh. out um, free things just to get you there as well to line up, like shirts or um, badges. Yeah, that's all stuff. Type of stuff. It used to be you'd get in the queue and they'd start firing like t-shirt cannons and stuff like that, and giving you bags of stuff with free keys. I did that. Do you know that Xbox game that we saw? The uh, one of the pirate ships. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did that there. Stuff. They had like, badges and yeah. stuff. Yeah, little badges and posters. Yeah. But, but yeah, they used to be a lot, lot more. Badges. Yeah, there was nothing that you really felt like, I want to join that queue to get that collectible. Or the only thing like that, that. We, we tried doing was the Xbox one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Xbox. But that, you got to be honest, the Xbox queue went around the place like three times. It was massive. And yeah, what it was, it was everybody, like, they gave you basically a desk. With a, This desk must have been the size of your normal office desk, about four foot by two foot or so, I'd say it. And it just had loads of these green Xbox boxes on it, like little square boxes. Like a pick a mix. Yeah, and you just literally, when you get to the front of the queue, they go pick a box. You pick a box, you get a chance to win, like, Forza, was it Forza 7? No, Forza Horizon 2. Forza Horizon 2, yeah. or it was a controller, or it was an Xbox, uh, or it's like t-shirts and a goodie bag. But there were so many people winning stuff, like, we must have seen 10 games given in, like, 20 minutes. One kid minutes. had, like, two games yeah. in a matter of yeah, like he went there once, went back around, went there again, got the same game again. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like a thirty quid game, so it's not like it wasn't worth it. And that was absolutely immense the queue on that. And we got in the queue. Yeah. I said, I said, leave it till the end of the day. We're getting a queue. If they get you in a queue, they're not going to tell you to go away, are they? So anyway, we get in the queue. Yeah. Two seconds go, go, go it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I came up and he said, yeah. By the time you get to the front, it will probably be closed. So there's probably no point queuing. So we just wandered but, off. Yeah, but yeah, that um. Far Cry 5, it does look really, really good. The graphics look nice, the way it plays. It's got that Far Cry feel to it, you know, where you're taking a bit of an exploration and that, the animals and all that sort of stuff. But Don't they go back to, like, Far Cry 4? Not like, forget about the primal. No, I think it's all about, like, being out in the sticks in the USA, eh, ain't it? And, like, yeah. a lot of people are saying about church and stuff like that. It's gonna yeah, because it's like a, a cult. It's like, I think a cult thing, isn't it? Based around, like, a, a, a church cult. Like back, like you said, it's out in the sticks in like America, mm. and it, it's, yeah, because it's up to date. So you will have like modern vehicles, modern weapons, and things like that. Mm. Yeah, I never played Primal. I wanted to play it because I've pretty much played all the series through Far Cry. Like Far Cry One, Far Cry Two, they were just pants. I didn't even bother them. I remember playing them; it was all linear. I didn't like it. And then Far Cry Three came out. And I was very, very close to not actually playing that either because I was like, the rest of them have been crap. But this one's been spoke about. Everyone's going mad about Far Cry 3. I'm going to give it a go. So I got it. And then that was the one where you had the open world with a bow and arrow. And that was like, that is one of my favorite games because it's like, I like the open world, like Fallout 4, you know, Left Left for Dead, all them sort of games. Dead mm-hmm. Island, not, not Left for Dead, Dead Island. Um, but anything with a big open world that you can just explore and do things at your own pace, that's what I love the most. When I came across Far Cry 3, that was one of the first games like that. You had these like areas of the island where you had to like liberate the little people from there. So you'd creep up to like this area on the map. You could creep up on the mountains, you could come through the trees, but it'd all be about stealth and like hiding and, and like sniping people. And I remember loving it. I just loved I don't even remember finishing the storyline, but I did finish going around the whole map, just sniping people and taking all the t- all the areas back. A bit like Grand Theft Auto used to be back in the day mm. when you had like the areas of the map to take over. Yeah, yeah like Gang Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, I've seen some crazy videos where people like take out a uh, spot without even getting seen, but yeah. does like a rally of kills. So it looks well good. Yeah, yeah. That's, but is that on the new one or the old one you're talking about? 
Uh, I think it's Far Cry 3 or Far Cry 4, one of the two. Yeah, because Far Cry 3 was that, and then Far Cry 4, you had the one where it's set in the mountain, up in the mountains, and you working your way like up the mountains. Tibet, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and yeah, there's all the animals, and that's another thing, like, you know, you don't have to go in there and just do the story. Like, you can just find yourself for a couple of hours wandering around and uh, hunting for animals. So you'll be going out, killing these different animals, getting different parts of the, like, the lever and stuff like that to make all your weapons and stuff but then you're upgrading everything so you can like say right i'm play multiplayer so jansen will like jump on and then we'll go and hunt and do some bits and pieces together and then he'll jump out so it's cool like that as well because it gives you more stuff to do if you're playing with somebody else with far cry 5 it, I, I hope it's one of them games where they, they do the same sort of thing but then they put a different skin on it that's what i want from that They've kind of changed it a bit. They've actually made the AI a little bit better. You know, where you have like different areas for different set stuff that you need to make upgrades and all that stuff. Apparently it's all all over the place, really, and you don't really know where it is unless you go there and find it. Oh, right. So what do you mean? Like, could be in random areas or something? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. But yeah, Far Cry 5, I, I was looking forward to that. We didn't spend much time at the show, though, really, um, looking at that. I think we was there for about 10 minutes. We saw it, and every it was a bit like every screen looked the same, didn't it? Like Yeah, so it was probably like a restricted part of the game that they had to play. So when you looked across the screens, everyone was literally playing the same part the same of the game. part as well, yeah. Yeah, no, it probably was. It probably was. It's mm. probably that thing of like, so you sit down, you play it for 10 minutes, you get up and go, so that the queue is moving at a steady pace. Yeah, we could be bothered to sit in that queue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, one of the main things because I come across a few things at the show which I really, really enjoyed. One of them was what me and Lee played quite a lot of was um, a VR game. What was it called, Lee? Archangel. Archangel. Have any of you played this? That's the one I put on. You said to play. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. When yeah. we was there, and that was that was like I'm I'm very anti like VR, but putting that on, it was different. And playing right? that game. All the VR, I always tell everybody to go for Vive because I believe Vive's better and the graphics are better and it's just just nicer and everything. But these were on Oculus Rift, weren't they? Or were they on Vive? Uh, Oculus Rift. Yeah, that's what I thought. They were on Oculus Rift. Are they not cross... Um, it, might cross be, it might be a cross-platform game like for the yeah. different VRs, but yeah. we was playing it on that specific one and I've always sort of been a bit biased to Vive and mm-hmm. not the Oculus. But I'll tell you what, this game, you put your VR set on, yeah? And imagine, like, the only way I can describe it is... What's it called? Elite Dangerous. I'll tell you, tell you what it reminds me of. You know, like, you don't move yourself. The game moves for you. Yeah. So yeah, it feels I'm like that game, like, Time Crisis. Yeah, it is a bit like that. But what I'm trying to say is, if you if you play Elite Dangerous, you know when you're in the cockpit, every time you watch it, there's someone in the cockpit with their spaceship, and they're sitting in the seat, and they've got all the buttons around them. It's yeah. basically that, but you're in a mech warrior. So it's all glass. You've got all your controls around you. And the, mm. this one of the most immersive VR games I've actually do you, played. Do you know what it reminds me of? Reminds me of Titanfall when you get into the Titan and you're sitting in the Titan. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what, what I thought Mech when, I, when I looked at it. Yeah. But I've not played Titanfall. I didn't mm-hmm. like all the jumping about everywhere. Titanfall 2 is supposed to be better. Yeah, the story's actually pretty good. Yeah. It? Yeah, I didn't play that. But yeah, so anyway, you get into this, you put the VR goggles on, and normally all the other VRs I've played have been that same similar thing, but you stay in the same position and you just fire guns or you do stuff, but you do it from the same position. This is the first VR I've played where I've been sitting down. You know, all the other ones are standing up with walking around in a room or whatever. But this one, yeah, you put your VR goggles on, you're in your little mech warrior, and because the mech warrior, looking through the glasses outside, it's the first VR I've also been on where there's, I'm outside. 
so you've got like a horizon you can see out of windows and it's mad because the game like you said like time crisis it it does the little bit you need to do in that area and then the mech will start walking on Moves its own on, yeah. and and it's mad you're looking down and you're feeling like you're sitting inside this mech and you can see the legs below like electrically yeah. like moving like a robot it's like you're riding in that robot in bloody in robocop <laughs> and like because obviously it's so 3d which is just mad there was a game it reminded me of, and I can't think of what it was, but you was like walking in the desert between buildings, and these buildings, it's looking like you're on your street looking up at buildings, but you're yeah. firing the guns, and the crazy thing was, when you fire the laser from the guns, you see the laser actually feel like it's just actually going and hitting people. Yeah. And all the people are just dying on the roof of the building, and someone else might come out there, and there might be a car that flies past, and you're I just was, firing guns at them all. It's mad. I was so surprised by the graphics. Yeah, because they were pretty good graphics. So put off and like, like, no, just like having it on. I was thinking, oh, these the screens are not gonna be good. Yeah. When I stuck it on, the screens were like HD quality. The game looks amazing. Yeah. And like just the textures that they've done in that game just look very nice. Yeah, because it did it, and that's the point I'm getting at. Vive, as always, I've been known. The ones I've seen and played and tested have always have really nice graphics. And Oculus Rift, I, I always thought was a bit more plain and a bit more simpler. But in that one game, like the, one of the things that stuck out to me was when you're sitting there and you've got the controllers in your hand, when you're sitting looking down at yourself, you're in a chair and you can see yourself holding the joysticks or whatever. Anyway, you press the one button on the joystick and all of a sudden your console in front of you sort of robotically unfolds and comes up right into your face. So you look at it, it's right there. And you press the button, it goes back and folds into the mech. And it's just like, I was going to you lot. Put this on, and you'll, some of you were like, "No, nah, we don't really care." I was like, "Trust me, put it on, and look at the way the machine comes out of you when you press that button." But the depth of, like, the depth you could see as that mech was walking through them buildings, you could have quite easily. And it was really sunny in the game, and that because it was in a desert. And it, mm. even though we was in a dark sort of warehouse because we was in EGX, which is in like Birmingham NEC, obviously you know you're in a big black warehouse, but it's giant. But when you put that on, you still feel like you're outside in the sun because it was that bright. Yeah. But like, you know, with normal VR, you're normally standing up to do it. Yeah. With this one, where you're sitting down, did that make you feel more yeah. immersed in the game? Because yeah, in the I'm... game, you're in a chair and you are actually yeah. sitting in a chair. But that's the mad thing. Because with a VR where you have to stand up, you're in a big room, but you literally stuck where you are because you know yeah. you're tethered. To I the don't VR. like that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want mm. my VR experience to be that. I want VR to be like that game. A bit more freedom. Me in Fallout, where I'm sitting on my chair, I can move my head around anywhere, but I'm sitting on my chair, even though I'm walking in-game, I want to be sitting down just looking around. So yeah. if I see something on That's the horizon the... in the map over there, a building like really high, and I look at it and I go, oh, that looks like it's, like it's about 40 stories high. If I've got NVR goggles on, I'm, like, I'm making my way in-game to that place, and I'm going to walk all the way there, because the thing is, you normally fast travel in these games as well, don't you? But when yeah, you've got them goggles on, you don't need to because you're walking down a street and you're looking at every bit of the graphics because it's all become interesting because all of a sudden you're in this world. So for me, that's all I wanted for is to be able to freely go back into that. I actually stopped playing Fallout 4 completely because I know when the new game comes out, which is end of October, I think, I'm going to want to get it on VR. And I'm going to play gonna it. get a VR. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to get it. Um, I'm just looking at the prices because they're having like little price battles at the moment, and it keeps going up and down in price. And I think the Oculus now you can get for three nine nine, and I think the Vibe yeah. you can get for four nine nine, I believe. So yeah, it is. They're, yeah, they're coming down in price. So it's like, do do you do I do I know I don't know what to do yet. But 
I know for a fact when Fallout 4 comes out on VR, I definitely want to get it. But then also we're going to be talking about Ark next game, and that's in VR as well. And if you've seen the graphics in that game, in VR, that would be amazing. And they've got Ark VR out now already, so you can play that on it. But yeah, that game, was it Archangel, did you say? Yeah, Archangel, yeah. Yeah, check it out, people. That's, like, that's the first game I've played on VR. I was well impressed with that. Yeah, what did you think? Like, what did you like about it? What did you like? What What was different it's just to what a you thought? Real experience to just look down at your at your hand. You was in there like quite a lot, a long time as well. Yeah, you've got like guns in your hand and just moving them about. It's just surreal. But... Yeah, because it was like it wasn't it wasn't controllers like I said, was it? it was, you had the controllers in your hand, the real controllers. Yeah, but in game, you had these yeah. sort of fake hand things, didn't you? Like switches that you grab, and when you move them, the guns outside on the thing move. Yeah, and so, you can also punch, if you punch your fist with the controller in your hand, you're actually your robot's punch. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't do that. Yeah, bit. you punch through like the bridges and stuff. As we yeah, get to yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think I got that far. Do you get to feed feedback on the, um, the controllers? controllers? Yeah. I don't think I felt any. Um, I'm not sure about uh, that. Yeah, I don't no, think no, they don't have. Think so. No. Yeah. Good if they did have it, I think. It yeah. would, yeah. But second gen. Yeah, they probably mm-hmm. vibrate, but I don't know how you're going to get any feedback. So, is, which is <laughs> the best, hover. best one to go for? Is Oculus Rift just as good as HTC Vive? Um, I've got to say, I don't actually know the truth, but in my experience, I've always been for the Vive because I can honestly say every show I've ever been to, you look at the Vive games and you look at the Oculus Rift games and the Vive always seems to be much more better detailed and... You know? With with the Vive, do you have to be like a full room setup? Like do you have to have all no, the no, sensors you don't. You've got two setups. So you've got one where you put a sensor up on one corner of the room, and you put a sensor yeah. behind you on the other corner, yeah, and then it, yeah. Yeah, it judges the space in between. Or you can just set it up to sit down at your chair, and okay, then so you sit in front of you. Yeah, yeah you've got I, a desk sensor. Yeah, I think it just senses you at the chair, so your space around you. Because if you've got the sensors up on the room thing, when you walk anywhere. And you come to something in the room because obviously it's reading the whole room. Like, yeah. say my desk is in front of me, I will get within a foot of that desk and it will actually show me a brick wall in game. So, really? Yeah, so say you're walking through an open, like through a field in game on the, on the actual Vive. And then when you come to, like, you're walking through, but in real reality, you're actually about to hit a desk or a wall. All of a sudden, these hexagon blue hexagons come up and they sort okay. of like fade in. So, as soon as you get close to it, you feel like, oh, there's something there. And if you put your hand out, it's amazing because you feel the wall as you feel the blue wall. <laughs> so, but it's also another thing that, that, that I find really surreal is if someone puts the controllers on the floor in, in the Vive, you can like put the headset on so you can't see, look down, and wherever your controllers are in game, let's say they're a pair of guns, yeah. you look down, there's a pair of guns floor. on the floor. So you go to pick up the gun exactly where the hole where your finger goes and everything like that, it fits. Yeah, that's good. And it's just mad, because like, man, I'm picking up real guns. It tricks your brain well, into thinking it's real. What I found at EGX is seeing the uh, what companies are doing to have these PCs that go on your back. Yeah. Yeah. For that, that, VR stuff. that was the Omen stand, wasn't it? The, the yeah. HP Omen stand. But I've yeah. seen other ones like that, which they do give you feedback as well. Yeah, give you a little rumble on one. the back. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is with them, they are all good in that. And, and I've got to be honest, like these processors and stuff like that and graphics cards are getting to like be smaller and be much, much more powerful. Like I was saying to, who is it? I think it might have been Tom. 
He was asking me about getting a laptop. Oh, was it you, Lee, about getting a la- gaming laptop? It was Hell you, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, your yeah. mate got a gaming laptop, and he said, like, look at the specs. And I was like, man, that's a well-nice laptop. And he said it had, like, a 970 in it, and it had this and that, and it's got an IPS screen. And I was like, look, a year ago, or maybe two years ago... It's you, got a 1080 in it. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. have been possible in a laptop like that. They didn't have them. They would just get red hot. And they I'd were massive as well, ago. weren't they? Yeah. yeah. But he's got like a normal laptop and he's got all his stuff in it. And it's got like 16 gigs of RAM. It's got like a 1080 it's in it. It's not the Razer one, is it? The Razer Blade or something, is it? It's been built. It's, uh, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Being built. So. But yeah, I think it's one where he goes online, he specs it up and then they build it into the laptop for him. Is that like yeah, Overcooker's yeah. version or something? Something like that, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure where he's got it from, but... Like, they've just come a long way, you know. They've they've got to yeah. the point where their their laptops are becoming... I would always say to someone, don't get a laptop. It's going to be red hot on your lap. You can't put it on the desk. It's going to be hot on there. It's going to be this. You've got to plug a keyboard into it. It's not nice on the graphics. It's noisy. Yeah, La- and but now they're getting we better. played on at the show, the one that was... Yeah, but that was a different kind of laptop because that little laptop you played on at the show on the Omen stand was a laptop when then it had a graphics card plugged in via an external box. Yeah. So when you unplug that box, you have no graphics. You're running on the mobile graphics. When you plug right. it in, it goes back to like a 1080 Ti. But still, I didn't... future, though? No, nah, they've been around for ages. I, I don't really like them because like, they are good if you're like someone that's working. Let's say you was working in an office in London and you wanted to play games, but you also, like they're going to give you, say, a two grand laptop. You can pick one like that and then just pay for your own graphics card at home. And then yeah, you can yeah. take it to work, play your games, do whatever. And then when you get home, you can when you need to go to work, you can just unplug it and take it to work with you. If you're going on the road, you can just take it in a box. They are all right. But I've just got to be honest. I just like sitting at my desk with all my monitors. I don't like the fact that I'd have to carry it. I've got laptops here that I could play games on if I wanted to, but I just wouldn't do it. I would probably plug my laptop into a TV screen and plug a keyboard and a mouse into it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like it's them. like, yeah, a lot of people who have laptops they still have a PC setup yeah. that they plug their laptops into. Could, yeah. Not just that, like, I've seen people that go to get a laptop that's really high specs, and then they go, hold on a minute, I could build a nice PC yeah. and just buy a mediocre laptop for work and yeah. just basically game at home. And this yeah. is what I've told loads of people this. And it's because it think- scales as well. When So many people that come to me for builds will come to me and they'll say, I want uh, a budget of about 800 quid. I want to get this, 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 and this, you know, get this, like you said, buy a little laptop to go to work with and keep your business work to your business work, keep your gaming PC to your mm. gaming PC. And it always turns out that they always go over budget anyway, because when you get the option of getting a new chip for this little bit extra, the RAM's going to be this little bit extra on top for the better one, power supply, oh, you get this one, you get 200 watts more, stuff like that. You always build up, build up, build up. Like all of us, we just started building a gaming machine with a budget of like 1,500 quid, say. Next thing, you're at 2,500. Mm. And it's because every little item's had a little extra bit put on it. I think you're still kind of restricted, especially when it comes down to the battery life as well. Yeah, but any and laptop, you would always in. have to plug it anyway, yeah. which is just which another problem. Which the object, really. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> the thing of like those mobile VR backpacks that they were doing. Yeah. Like they, they were impressive and stuff, but they were... Two hours. They, they were like two grand or two and a half grand, and then they had battery packs that were half the size of the actual backpack, and you had two of those on your hips. Yeah. Was there? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was there really two of them on his hips? Yeah. I yeah. thought it was all in the backpack. No, no, no. it's external. 
the one that he gave us to try on that didn't have the battery packs on it so he was like yeah this is internal battery which was basically a laptop battery and then he pointed to the guy that was using the demo one and he said look he's got the battery packs and oh, i wondered what he like said when he a said couple that of bricks i didn't yeah, notice that huge. wow that's, so that's... not only you've got this backpack on but you've got because the backpack people what it's designed for is for vr only so you can walk around in your bedroom yeah. And basically, you've got a computer on your back, so there's no cables. Because one thing that is a problem is if you're playing VR, you always need someone to have their hand above your head following you around with a cable so they don't fall over your own cable. Yeah. Um, and we've done that a few times where people have got twisted up and like, you go, hold on a minute, don't move. But if you're playing a game, <laughs> yeah. you don't want some third-party voice coming. Don't move a minute, you're going to fall over the cable. Yeah. It's like a diver tethered with one of them air cables. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that the omen that little that little case did, did seem really nice, but it, it it's did look not good. But the only yeah, is it's, it's not something I'll get myself, but they looked good. Yeah. I reckon if they, I reckon like when technology goes on, they will get better. But yeah, that's yeah. What the thing is, is like, the you, design you can concept. Just, yeah, you yeah. can disconnect it as well and just use it as a normal desktop. Yeah, because Asus do them as well, don't they? The backpacks. Mm. Yeah, and MSI do one as well. Yeah, I've not really been into the backpack thing. It's not something I would because me. I, I would do the totally opposite because, like I say, I'd always buy a desktop PC. And for me, the bigger, the better. I like it with all the stuff in there. It's better to see what's in there. But then I'm oh, there different was some to most crazy people. Builds there, weren't there? Yeah, there was a couple of crazy builds there. Like, there was that eight, that eight pack one was pretty good. Mm. Yeah. A um, lot of time and effort gone into that with all the water channels. I've seen loads of pictures of that one online, but that's the first time I've actually seen one in real life. The thing is, as you walk past it, you just look at yeah. it and you go, that looks all right, another water called PC. But it's only yeah. when you stop and look inside into the level of detail that guy's put in there. Every single yeah. wall of that of that machine has got a custom-made water block, like with water flowing through it, so you can see it. So you've got yeah. water dripping into this compartment, then it goes over there to that compartment, and that splits into two, and it goes off to them. It's like not just like normal cables. It's just like some crazy flat piece of plastic where he's, he's routed out like all the different channels, but then he's sealed them all, and then he's it's just like a mission. It wasn't like a like a tube of all the water inside. No, it. yeah, it's it was flat. Like, it's flat, so yeah, it made it look well. It looks... Yeah, it's like it's just basically like perspex that's been grooved out, so it, mm. the channels are there, and then and then made like so it's sealed. But yeah, they are good. I've seen them a few times. There's quite a lot of people getting into doing that. But yeah. it's like... I hate I hate if something goes wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. the worst like, thing. If the graphics card goes wrong, you have to drain the whole computer out, don't you? Yeah, take yeah. it all apart. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is. Every single piece in that is custom made as well. So if something cracks or breaks or whatever, it's not a case of going to a shop and buying a replacement. You have to have them specially made each yeah. time. And that's probably why it costs so much to buy that machine. I think that machine sells at 20 grand, doesn't it? Something crazy like that. But then there's only something like 100 of those made. So they are limited edition as well. I wouldn't even enjoy making 100 of them. I'd be like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd do the first one, one yeah. You'd be like, well, proud of it. And you'd be like, oh, man, why did I sign up to do 100 of these? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, what else stood out to you, like, anything? Tell you what stood out to me as well. Another thing I really, really liked. We know we've been talking about my chair at my desk, my solid wood hard gaming chair. Yeah. That's not even a gaming chair. chair. <laughs> it's like a piece of solid wood. <laughs> anyway, I've been looking at gaming chairs for ages, and I'm not really sure what to do because, to be, I'll be totally honest with you, yeah? I'm not really the kind of person that's going to spend a fortune on a chair. As you can see, I've got a wooden chair. <laughs> but it's like, I've been looking around for ages. I see ones on eBay for like 60 quid. Then there's some that are 100 quid. What What I find is, 
if you spend more money, you get better comfort. Yeah, I get that. I but my point is, I'm looking at, do I spend more money on a chair or do I spend more money on a mic? Do I spend more money on a mic or do I yeah, upgrade my computer? At your, but yeah, do but I you're sitting at case? your computer 24-7, yeah? A mic is just a, like a, a thing that you talk into. Where you're sitting down, you want to be in comfort. You don't want to be that. like... Yeah, but I think a chair is one of the most important, important things. things yeah. yeah, if you get back like me. Yeah, the thing is, you <laughs> he look jinxed. On his <laughs> you, you look jinxed me, man. Because I've but been like sitting, sitting on wood. Oh, I've been <laughs> sitting on this chair. Yeah, <laughs> I've been sitting on this chair for bloody ages, years. And it's only when you lot brought up on the podcast <laughs> about gaming chairs that something you in my brain, sake. yeah, and it started <laughs> aching. I was like, oh man, it's getting a chair. But anyway, what I was going to say is, at the show, I've been looking at all these different ones because obviously. My advice is the same as what everybody's going to say to me is don't buy a cheap chair because it, it'll make things worse because your backache and all that. You need to have one that's fully comfortable and customized. And if you get a 300 pound, it's going to be like a result. But I yeah. have to say, we walked around a show and we looked around all these different chairs. There was a lot of cheap makes there that we didn't know of. There was a few expensive makes, but there was only one chair that stood out. Corsair's new chair. Do you any of you remember the name of it? Uh, I think it was called The Racer. But it was made by Corsair. It was £280. This thing was like the maddest chair I've seen. Sitting on heaven. Yeah. The oh. wheels on it were rollerblade wheels. So they weren't like your normal like normal wheels. And then when you sat down, obviously you want the, the seat to like cuddle into you, don't you? But I have not had a seat where you sit down in it like that and it feels like it's come right around your waist. Yeah. You know, it felt like it was around your shoulders. You felt like you... Imagine, yeah, when you take your graphics card... Out of the box, it's got that foam, ain't it? And your graphics card is snugly in that little that little box hole, yeah? Which yeah. is finely cut out to the shape of your graphics card. And when you push it in there, it's just enough to tuck it in and it keep you feel like it's all snug. That's exactly what I was like in that chair. It's like it was made for me to sit in it. I felt the same. And with me, I've been like going on about these noble chairs since they've come out. And they had a couple there. And they were the cheaper ones. So they were the PU leather. They weren't real leather. Yeah. And it was like the base model. But I sat in that and I was like, my chair that I've got now, which cost me less than £100, it feels more comfortable than that Noble chair. And it really put me off thinking, am I going to spend 400 plus on one of those chairs when now I've tried it and it's not that great. But that Corsair one was amazing. I sat in that Corsair one and I thought this would be well worth 400 quid. And it turns out it was 300, wasn't it? 280. I just looked it up. It's Corsair T1 race. I think it's called. Yeah, Yeah. that was the one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was the thing is it looked apart. It had like all of the actual, uh, it it was level, wasn't it? Yeah. But all of it was carbon fiber pattern. So whatever color you go for, it's in carbon fiber up the sides, even the bit you're sitting on. Everything about it just looked like they'd just done the best work on it. And rollerblade wheels looked yeah. crazy on it as well. And, and yeah. overall, though, it was just how comfortable it was. I've never, yeah. ever, I can honestly say it, I'm not just saying this. And trust me, they haven't given me a chair to like promote it or anything. I wish they did have. <laughs> I was tempted to ask them. But um, <laughs> we all, I sat in a chair and I was like, and I don't even care about chairs. And I sat in a chair and I was like, oh my God, this is so comfortable. I was like, boys sitting there and you look like it's just a chair we've all got racing chairs don't worry about it and then one of <laughs> i think it was lisa and he was like oh that's nice that like, how much is it and then all of us were just sitting in the chair <laughs> it was that nice but yeah if you get a chance to go and check a chair out and you're looking for chairs like gaming ones like the bucket seats and that 
check that out corsair racer chair that's well well nice i loved and it the thing is in the beginning when i saw that corsair were bringing out a range of chairs it just makes me think they're just getting on the bandwagon what yeah. do yeah. they know about making chairs but they obviously know quite a lot because it was well chair, <laughs> it's turned out to be one of the best ones that we've tried out yeah it wasn't just like the best one i've ever sat on it was like it was like a massive gap between all the other ones like yes. some of them were really really wide and i was like why would i sit in this it's too wide for me it's like some yeah. of them the shoulder parts that come around like the buckets were massive yeah um but this just seemed perfect i got just it's just weird it was like it was just made for me that chair but did you notice as well a lot of these other chairs have the cushions that you add for like neck support and lumbar support yeah but with the corsair one they didn't have it because it was yeah. already built into the chair yeah didn't have like the sidearm things on it yeah, it had the armrests on it. Yeah. 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 And they were adjustable. It, it does come with yeah. the cushions. Oh, it does come with cushions. It does come with yeah. cushions, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that was the one chair that I sat in that I felt like I don't you need. You did need them, yeah. 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 Corsair, I gotta chair, say check it out. Yeah. They've actually come a long way. I used to go off, do other things, and I've gradually changed my brands from keyboard, mic, and all that stuff to Corsair. And somehow it's just been a lot nicer than a rocket cat or any yeah. other ones that I've tried. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I've got a um, rocket cat Itsuku <laughs> keyboard, which when it first came out, I think I paid 80 quid for it. It's all illuminated. It's got all the extra buttons and the record buttons and all that stuff on there, which I don't really use anyway. But yeah. it was the first, one of the first ones that was LED blue lit. I've had a few customers where they've got these little, and it's a solid metal keyboard, mechanical keyboard from Corsair. Every single key's like controllable with the LEDs. And you can have all different yeah. patterns and all that. But the thing, you look I've at it, it looks like a machine. <laughs> it's brilliant. Like a well, live They're machine. just well built now. Like yeah, most, yeah. If you go with a well-known product now, like Corsair, Razer, you just know you're going to get quality. Yeah. Because yeah. I think before it was just, they knew people needed a mouse or a keyboard and they needed to light up. No one was really bothered about quality. And they wanted to spend an average amount. But now they're realizing that people are spending thousands on PCs. So it's yeah. like with me, when I was reviewing my Razer mouse last month, that mouse cost me 150 quid or whatever, but it's the nicest mouse that I've ever had. And I think it's worth every penny. And the same with the mouse mat. It's an aluminium milled from a single piece of aluminium. Yeah, but I think, and... what, you're, I think what you're trying to get across, though, is is like things that never used to be taken into consideration at all. It'd be like, you've got your computer, and if you had a really nice computer, yeah, you'd have a big desk on there, like a big box, all your bits in there, but it'd be about, yeah, it does what it needs to do. We don't have to look inside. Yeah. Then the Windows yeah. came, and then the extras came, and now it's like, hold on, if we make really expensive keyboards as well, and really expensive mice, it's all mm. stuff that well, people are going to get on the bandwagon it's, with. It's like when we spoke about, um, I bought a wireless headset when I was there, yeah? And... You were saying, oh, why? Why'd you get wireless? They're a bit like wireless is a bit iffy. Yeah. But I, but the, honestly, this headset is your headset no, or your headset. My head. <laughs> I say that again. This headset is not your headset. So com- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this headset <laughs> is so comfortable, and the wireless feature in it, I've had no problems. Obviously, yeah. if you crank it up full volume, you're going to hear a little bit of a bzzz. But if you pull it, you find the right mode. Hold on. Where you get Could it. You- just do that sound effect again. That's that. <laughs> if you get the right mode in the headset, yeah, it goes. You're not. You're not going to hear it. Sorry, we're so... stopping annoying you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put across a good point. Here. Uh, 
but um right. <laughs> but yeah do you no. have a mic on there as well yeah but obviously i've got a blue yeti so i just use that yeah okay. the, the, the mic thing if you pull the mic down it unmutes if you pull it back up it mutes wireless has come along quite far i think yeah because what i was going to say is i used to dj many years back wicked, wicked. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah kevin um, and perry style but yeah i used to um dj like years back and i used to use wireless headphones then and i used to hate them because when the battery started running out or you got too far away or any bit of interference from a mobile phone or anything like that it just went mental so i've always always just been against them and then i went mm-hmm. on to some wireless headphones when i started gaming again and uh same thing you know, it's nothing more annoying than playing a game and then the sound goes off and you're like, oh, I've got to charge the bloody thing. Yeah, you know? there's that. But mine, I found mine, It, I can do a gaming session, get off, and they'll still be... Put them back on a the charger. No, not put them back on a the charger. I can basically turn them off, use them again the next day and probably get another game. Yeah, but what like. I'm saying is if you just take them off your ears when you're finished and you put them back on the yeah, stand... Yeah, put them back on the charger and then you, yeah. you, you, you yeah. never have to charge them while you're gaming. Yeah. I found so the battery burns out. Yeah, well, then that. But yeah. I found wireless has come a bit further than there. what it yeah. used to be. Yeah, because it's all Bluetooth, isn't it? And yeah. they're on like Bluetooth version four or something now, yeah. aren't they? So, but I don't get no interference when you like when you want to receive a text. You normally get that yeah. noise again. Yeah, none of that. I get none of that. Yeah, I hardly get any of that. I've, I don't even think I've. Yeah, yeah, but that's the problem. What you just said, you hardly get any of that, which means you've. Had I haven't some. noticed it once. So, have you had any or not? No. Are you sure? You're yes. telling Porky Pig right your now. <laughs> I'm not telling Porky's. That's <laughs> the way I worded it. It didn't come out as right. <laughs> oh, right Where's we'll Legon? We'll let him off, people. We'll let him off. <laughs> He's wild. His headphones have run out of battery. Lee, you there. Right, so moving on from the headphones anyway. Yeah, so there was two other games that I saw at the show that I thought were like really interesting. The first one is a like a real indie game that probably no one's ever heard of. It's called Zero North, Zero West, and it's a proper weird-looking game that if you walk past and you looked at it, you'd think there's something wrong with the graphics. And when you're playing it, it's like a real kind of like trippy experience. And like the guy said to me, like when you're playing it, you have to have the headphones on. And he gave me these like noise-canceling headphones. And so you, it blocks out everything around you, and you're just listening to the soundtrack of the game and the visuals, they're all like geometric shapes and patterns, and they're all randomly generated levels. Do you, do you know um, how I'd describe it? A walking yeah. simulator. Apart from cool. being a broken TV, and like he said earlier, it reminds me of a sort of game. Do you remember back in the olden day PCs when you'd get a big coding book and you'd do like 10 pages of code, and then it would draw like a fat line, skinny line, fat line, skinny line, draw a circle. It was just yeah. all of that. It was just like just completely craziness yeah it it's it's almost like when you look through a kaleidoscope but even more random than everything's that. moving independently wasn't it every piece yeah. of thing was moving yeah and that's the thing as well it all looks a bit wireframe but every single piece is constantly moving whether it's moving fast slow up down left right and you're just traveling through it in like a first person perspective and you're not floating, you are traveling along the ground, but you can jump quite high as well. So as you're going through these levels, you're going through a corridor, but the walls might slowly start closing as you're running through. And then you come out the other side and you've got 
bits going up and bits going down, but you can jump up and down to any level you want. But as you look around, it's 360 degrees around you. Everything's constantly moving like a kaleidoscope. It, it, like, it actually did get... I'm not even saying this. That game actually gave me a headache. I watched it for about five minutes, and afterwards I felt like, oh, I'm getting a headache coming on now. Because yeah, the concentration but, on that was crazy. It's like one one screen might be like just... Like, you know, fuzz, that when you when you just get to the end of the TV at like 10 o'clock or whatever, and yeah, you go to a fuzzy noise. screen, like white screen. White noise. Yeah, yeah, white noise. It'd be like that, but you're walking through different walls of all different white noise, and like you're... You're just walking and it's just patterns going past and stuff. And then all of a sudden, bang, you go into a multicolored one and it's all multicolored yeah. like triangles everywhere. Didn't you and randomly then... find a room in there as well? Yeah, it was a cabin. So yeah. I'm Did going you? through a level where yeah. it's really like tall uh, triangles. So it's all these spires coming out the ground. And I'm going through those. And then all of a sudden, there's just a cabin. But it's like a wireframe cabin and it's all glowing, different colors. And then I walk in the cabin, there's a bed. There's a bedside table. There's an alarm clock on it. I walked into another room. There was like the toilet and a bath. Really? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I was just looking around and I was like, yeah, this is a bit of a mind F. Because... And, then, and then you realize someone spiked your drink at the show an hour before. <laughs> yeah. That's that dented rock uh, star, isn't it? <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like because you're concentrating so much and you're quite close to the screen and you've got no sound except for what you're hearing in headphones what was the sounding game though it was uh it's just music so you're not hearing anything that's going on around you you're it's just a soundtrack that's playing as you're going through so it doesn't sort of like do wavy music and then you go to the next area and it's like loud music and no no the music is quite constant and then sometimes you get to a point and it will just be silent as well so like you're running like through like a an open plane, but it might be like the floor is like a grid, so it looks like Tron. The thing and, is, like, this, this game's going to be absolutely impossible for you I was to just thinking try and explain to somebody what this is. I know. The only way you people are going to be able to actually see this is to have a look at it, and then you might understand what he's saying. But personally, for me, it's not a game that I would play because I, there's no there was the guy was saying there's no end to it. It's like no. so many levels, and they're all handcrafted. They're not like random generated. They're all handcrafted. No, because he levels, didn't it? Yeah, he said that the what is in the levels, they've all been handcrafted. But when mm-hmm. you get to each level, that what it brings into that level is randomly generated. So that's why you can have all these giant triangles and little bouncy balls. But he's saying that those triangles, they created those, and the little bouncy balls, they created those. But you go into one level and they're together. You go into another level and it's something else. Like there was one level where there was a spiral staircase that was like in real life, it would have probably been about five, ten meters wide. And it was just spiraling down and down and down. And I could have run down the stairs or I could just, just jump through the middle and then fallen all the way down to the bottom. And it's just things like that, that there's when you no had... end to it. But he said that. No, there is an end. That, yeah, he was saying that there. You you go through different portals and that takes you to different levels. And he said that you can find the end of the game, but it's it's obviously not easy to find because you're always moving and it's always yeah. traveling through different levels. So you have yeah. to. You, he said you have to you have to be one in a million yeah. to find that at the point when you're there as it's going past and in the millions of places it could be. Yeah, because it could be like a doorway. Because yeah. the first level was just complete black. And there was like a million actual doors that were open. 
and you you were just running around and you're like well i just pick a door and go through it and that's how you get into the first level and then as you're running around you see like a a split and it's like light coming out of it and then i ran over to that went through that that took me to another level and in some levels you just jump off the edge but at this point and, i got bored of it yeah i think because when you're watching it you're looking at it and it's messing with your head but when you're playing it you get really immersed in it because of the headphones cutting out all the sound around you and you're really concentrating on where you're going and jumping. Sure, it's not like them subliminal messages and that. The guy was brainwashing you. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's kind of what it was. It kind of like puts you in a trance where, when you're going through. And that's why when I took the headphones off... <laughs> Jansen got back to his house and wired money straight to the guy's account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it does have that kind of effect where you do feel like it is putting you in a trance, but it is relaxing as crazy as it all looks and as much as it looks like it will give you a headache when you're it did in give me a headache it, yeah, i know <laughs> because you weren't playing it but what i'm saying is when you're in control of it it does kind of have a calming effect yeah. so i will be and, honest when we saw that game we walked past it and we all looked at it and i'll be totally honest with you we all looked and went what is that all about that looks yeah. like a load of mess well, there's no point in playing was, a game it, like what is it and then yeah. you and, and then the guy went you here look come and sit down and try it so we yeah. all stand there. And this is one guy that made it and his machine, just one machine. That was it in the yeah. indie section. And he's done it all himself. Anyway, so we're standing there. Jansen sits down. So we all start talking to the guy. We start asking questions. And he's, the guy was very outgoing. You know, he was selling his game pretty well about what he can do, what's this, how it works, why he's done it, what it's for. Anyway, so we watched it for about five minutes. And I thought, oh, sod this. I'm going on a different game. So us lot walked off. I look around. 25 minutes later, Jansen's still there. Yeah. And I said actually to the boys then, that game's put him in a trance. Look, we've lost him. Yeah. But it was like he wasn't even doing anything. It was just like, it was just exploration, pure exploration. Like, what's yeah. there? But you know, yeah, but the thing is, for me, I knew when I got through the door, it's going to be another pattern. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like, it's not like you're heading towards something. It was just that kind of relaxation of just traveling constantly. I, it, I ain't got spare time stopped. to do that. Yeah, but it, it's that kind of thing of like, if you wanted to chill out and. You, you just sat at the computer, you put your headphones on, you block out all the sound, and you just do that for 10 minutes. It would calm you down. I was saying to him, like, there was a game that came on the, I think it was on the PS2, and it was called Flow. And it had the same kind of effect where it was a bit more slow paced, but with like, it had like ethereal music and it had a soft focus, and there was no end to the game. You, you just played it and it was you you're you're a little animal and you're going along eating these little things and then you grow and you go to the next level you're doing the same thing but there was not really much to the game but it was so relaxing hearing the music and controlling that thing in such like a fluid motion and i think it's the same with this where there's nothing holding you back nothing stops you you can jump to anything you can go anywhere you can do anything but every now and then you you come across something like a cabin and it's just a static cabin in the middle of all this craziness. And it, it does kind of mess with your head a little bit. But at the same time, I was so surprised at how relaxed it made me. Yeah, not something that I'd ever play. And I, and I do give things a fair chance. I really do. But it sort of affected you in a different way. It affected me. And it's Marmite, I think. It's one of them. You know, Maybe. But I think you have to play it, play it properly. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you'd look at it and be like, I don't get it. Yeah, but yeah. When you, you when you sit down, you put the headphones on, you play it. 
do it for 10 minutes. And yeah, but then, that's my point. You know, it's not the real. game that's making me say I'm not going to play it because of what it looks like and that. I get what you're saying, but the 10 minutes is going to make you relax. You're going to feel like, yeah, it's all right. For me, I wouldn't even get into 10 minutes because I'd look at it and go, can I get any collectibles at it? What am I going to yeah. get from this game? If I sit here and waste 10 minutes, am I going to get anything back from it? That, I know that's a bit harsh to say, but that's the truth. I get in Rocket League, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Rocket League now is that updated with stuff. There's 50 new items for free. There's this, that, and the other. They've got a new farmyard, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'll get in that 10 minutes. But I might get a topper. I, I probably wouldn't even class this as a game because you're not actually playing yeah. anything. Like, this is well, almost like a fidget spinner. Yeah, it's there, that's the perfect, perfect way you could have ever explained it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a relaxation of it. Like if people yeah. are going through stuff, I guess it's good for them to just zone out and just play yeah. that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be for everyone, is it? Put it this way. No. It's not going to be for everyone. And I've got to be honest, if I walked up into my, my computer room, yeah, to my boy's computer where my twins are, and they was playing that, I'd be like, what are you playing that for? And they'd be like, it's relaxing. I'd be like, off. Uh, turn into a druggie <laughs> by the time you're 18 playing that. That actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> but the thing is, Quite you funny. And you do think, do you know, I bet people would love to take acid and do this. I'm not doubting it. Like, that is that game was, it was crazy. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And he's filled a gap that no one's filled. So fair play to the guy. And to the people that do buy that game, they might only play it for five minutes. But it's a game as well. It's making a statement of, I'm doing something totally different. If you don't like it, you can go it's and do whatever. It's a game out now. No, it's not yeah. out yet. I think it he was, was trying still... to get on green light, wasn't he, on Steam? Yeah. Because he was saying there was still quite a few bugs in it. Because even when I was playing it, I found one of the bugs. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, it's still very early. But again, the game like that, when it go- comes out on Steam, it might only be like a couple of quid. It's not going to be 40 yeah, quid. Yeah, it's not going to be... be like, well, I'm what, not paying for that. What was it called again? Called Zero North, Zero West. As in Z-E-R-O? Yeah, that's a game that I'd look out for when it comes out. Okay, I, I seen a game at the show uh, called Strange Brigade. Okay. Um, did you play that with me, Johnson? You watch me? Uh, yeah, I was watching you play it on the Alienware stand. Yeah, that game looks impressive. Where did we see that to start with? Because me and you saw that somewhere, and we was like, "What is this game? It looks quite good." And then we saw it on the Alienware stand. They had yeah. a big stand for it. With yeah. massive oh, queues. That was the one with the massive queues, which was like and a blimp on it. Yeah, it had a and blimp on it. They'd done yeah, a load of custom right. work. To that's the, where that you did your photo, where you put your hate, your faces yeah. through the holes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then we walked around it, and it was like this is massive. So we uh, sort of went over, and then it was on the other stand, wasn't it? Well, yeah. they actually had it on another stand far away. Yeah, yeah that, that was the way we, we saw the Ryzen chip, wasn't it? And they were showing how. They were trying to prove you can run a game and run the chip at 99% and the game still going to be running the well. yeah. yeah, it was the Threadripper. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, that look, that game looks really good. Um, I've had a look since uh, it's out early 2018. Okay. And it's made by the makers of Sniper Elite. A Sniper um, Elite? I, I played oh, a couple of them. Cool. I did like them, but I didn't really get into the third one. But yeah. Oh, do you mean the modern Sniper Elite one? Yeah. Just warrior. yeah. Or the World War Two style sniper game. It's Rebellion Maker. Yeah. So it's yeah, Sniper Elite Four, Sniper Elite. What, what Elite. was that game about? Because yeah, I remember that's good. That's good. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing it, and it was like you was like like a bit of a first person shooter, but there was zombies running around. I think it's based in Egypt, so it's a bit like the theme of the film The Mummy, but it's it's one to four player co op as well. 
Do you know if it's a storyline? Because I'm, I'm, when I was, I was actually talking to the guys on the Omen stand when you was playing it, so I didn't actually get to watch you play it. And I walked straight past that whole stand. I didn't even go in there because it looked so busy. Yeah, the game looked really good. But I remember you actually Something saying, I want, yeah. a game you're definitely going to get and you want to get into. So it's four-player yeah. co-op. Is that in the same game like as in story mode or is that four-player co-op to, to kill each other? I think it's uh, story mode, yeah. Oh, Third-person right. adventure for one to four players. I do, like a, I do like a co-op when we all play through the storyline together. That's just the best yeah. thing. Yeah. It's something I'm going to be looking out for, that game. Yeah, no, that's cool. We'll keep that keep and heads up. And as that comes out, we'll we'll get some more information on it and sort of get out there and uh, have a look at that. Right, I think um, we've pretty much covered loads. We've done over like an hour already of just games from the show and talking about the show and stuff. Just for information for anyone if they was interested, that Corsair uh, T1 race gaming chair we was talking about is £247 roughly on scan as I'm looking right now. But you can, if you was like someone in a position where you want to get that chair and you don't have a lot of money, they, they actually do finance on there for like £6 a month, you know that? A little while ago, Scan were doing 15% off Corsair chairs as well. So really? it might be worth looking out yeah. for like that coupon as well. Yeah, that's no, always always good. But yeah, they got the chair. What I, what I tend to do, if I was ever to use that, what I would do is, is like I'd bulk up. So I'd get the chair, I'd get a keyboard, maybe get a new case and then put it all in there, get it for like 10, 15 quid a month and pay it off over a year or two, whatever. So if, if, if it's, because uh, I know what it's like as well, like, because like, yeah, I've got enough money to buy my components and stuff if I want to buy them. But at the end of the day, me buying a, a 1080 Ti compared to buying a gaming chair, it's just something I just can't part with 300 quid up front like that. <laughs> because I just think, what am I getting? I'm getting a chair. I don't important. know if any, do any of you actually see where I'm coming from with that, or do you just, you just, yeah, like, yeah, I see, much, I see that know. side of it. Yeah. My chair costs 270 quid, so. You know, yeah, but I could quite easily go into a shop and pay 800 pounds for a brand new graphics card, but then it's a graphics card. I know what I'm getting with it, and I know what it's going to do for yeah, me, but, but chair, it, it, sit on it. Yeah, because it's personal preference. It's what yeah. you feel you're getting out of it. Because yeah. you're sitting on a two pound chair, so you're thinking. <laughs> hey, right, wait, hold on I'm a minute. Not... Let's take a rewind. Step back. Why this is the price chair, gone up on it? This chair I'm actually sitting on was a couple of hundred quid. It's yeah, solid. It's lost, but it's lost its value now. It's yeah, back, no, that was because it was made for time. Anything, <laughs> if anything, my chair and desk has gone up in value because it's one-off, hand custom, handmade, it's ancient, solid. It's it's antique. Yeah. yeah, it's not antique yet, but it's solid hand carved wood. It should probably be in a museum. <laughs> there, there's no ergonomics to it. It's a stolen right from. angle. So <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> sorry, See, what we're ergonomics. To, what, what we're trying to say is basically, I've got a wooden chair. Yeah, yeah, you got that, and it's hey, just the comfort. Is if you're constantly sitting at your desk. You know, Have you never you, heard you it's, like, it's nice for you to lay on a flat floor, floor or sit on a yeah, solid but chair. I wouldn't chair and you're sitting at your desk for about three or four hours can't be good for you no, but i don't know it's been all right for the last couple of years only yeah until like we've now. mentioned it and now you've gone oh my back feels a bit funny maybe my ass <laughs> has got so flat and so used to it. <laughs> i'm like flat standing grinding your chair. bum cheeks yeah <laughs> but yeah now this chair this this it's not an expensive chair but it is yeah a just solid right angle wooden chair so it's the same as sitting on a if i got a block of metal or two blocks of metal it'd be like sitting on that it's yeah. like having a back brace 
Yeah, but it's quite sturdy, man. It's quite nice. It's like solid. Yeah, you could kill someone with it if you hit them. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to lift it off the floor. It's too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I just thought I'd put that in there about that Corsair chair because, you know, 250 quid for a chair is quite a lot of money, but six quid a month over a year is not that bad. So bad, just worth yeah. mentioning it if that's the kind of thing you're into, if you're into doing that, bulking it up, like I said, get a few bits and go from there. Right. Anything else from the show or are we all done with the show for the minute? No, done. I'm, I'm going to put out there as well. We really enjoyed the show. Quite a few of us got together this time, didn't we? I'd like to say, yeah, we met Action Zombie down there. He just randomly jumped out at us and said, hi, oh, Nick, you all right, mate? So we just got chatting to him for a little bit. He's recently got into ARC. So if, if any of you do come to any of the shows or you are planning to go to a show, send us an email in to extremepeaceuk at gmail.com. Let us know you're coming. If we ever talk about a show or you see a show that we haven't heard about, let us know because we want to go to as many shows as possible. I've got to say, the next one we go to, if, it'll probably be Insomnia again, I, I should think, wouldn't it? But, yeah, when's that? November. Yeah, I don't think it's November, but I definitely want to go to that one. And if we can stay over, I definitely want to stay over. And I'd like all of us to go. We had a really good time just in the day. And that would be a really, really good time like for all of us. And anyone in the community is all welcome to come and stay at the same place. Like we can all get our computers in the same area. I'll do a bit of promotion and that, promote the Extreme PC UK and stuff. It'd just be well good. So if anyone's up for that, just let us know in an email and, and we'll let you in the loop and let you know where we're going and when and what times um, we can all meet up and go together. But yeah, that's enough of EGX Birmingham. We've been talking about it for ages. And to anyone out there that is listening to it, there's so much going to be cut out of this because the, the amount of <laughs> bad jokes that have gone on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was EGX Birmingham. The next one's going to be Insomnia, I hope. But uh, let's move on. Right, Jantz, you've actually got some real news for us now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. For once, I've actually got some news. And um, no one else has. Yeah, uh, makes a change. Yeah, but my news this month is Windows 10 VR. That just sounds and... wrong. <laughs> well, the thing is, this has been in the pipeline for ages. Since, you know why like... it's been in the pipeline for ages? Why? Because Windows are already trying to fix the last 100,000 mistakes they've made with the Windows 10 that we all keep breaking our computers. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone had this? Every time you have an update, it resets all your sound like, um, preferences. All yeah. the time. That's and browser. Yeah, I get up up to my room like, I don't know, it's one o'clock in the morning. I've got four kids asleep to, to blow me. There's an open like balcony where I'm sitting, yeah? So their bedroom doors are just there. All of a sudden, like, put Rocket League on or something, and bang, out comes some proper dance music. Full blast <laughs> out of my thing where I've got my headphones on 99. And it's, it's taken off my headphones and it's reset all the drivers or whatever to that. Bang, all the kids are out of bed. Mrs. is going mad. And I'm I've, like, I've never had any problems with Windows 10. Really? Only with the browser, yeah. Yeah, my only problems have been with Edge, and yes. that's it. And I've changed from Edge to Google Chrome. Firefox. Oh. Yeah, with with oh. Edge, I can't send an email with Edge. <laughs> I can't. I can get the email there, but I can see what I want to send, what file. I can't attach nothing on Edge, which is just annoying. I don't know why that is. It might be a reason that I'm just doing something wrong. But I've had problems with Edge. I've had major issues with Bing. I hate Bing. It's just everywhere. If you don't want it, don't force it on me. You know, <laughs> and they keep doing it every update. Yeah, it's, like, it's the oh, same as the cloud been. as well. It's like, it's like, it's like a yeah. psycho girlfriend. OneDrive. Yeah. Oh yeah, OneDrive. I don't want OneDrive. Mm. Untick the box. You do want OneDrive? No, I don't want OneDrive. Thank you. Next day. I have OneDrive. Do you want OneDrive? <laughs> no, I don't want it. And it just goes on and on and on. It's like Ariston. Remember the advert? Yeah. It's yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But OneDrive. <laughs> but like, it's the same with uh, Cortana. It's like it should ask you, "Do you want this? Yes or no?" You say no. It takes it away. When you want it, you bring it back. 
but every yeah. time it keeps coming back. Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want yeah. this? Yeah, if you keep, she keeps asking enough, then you'll, you'll, keep, you'll let her yeah. stay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I'll tell you what else, um, just before you do get into what you're going to say, uh, mm. has any of you seen, I got invited in on Twitch. You know the adverts that they was giving out and like, they were giving people uh, bits to spend on people's channels? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm part of their, like, I don't know what they call it. It's like a, not a partner program, but it's where they ask you questions and you your feedback. They pay you, like, in bits or, like, like different things in questionnaires like and stuff. Yeah, it's like a survey thing that they ask you all the questions for and they let you get into oh, things early. Oh, I grow that. Well, is it like a market research? It's a bit like yeah. a market research for Twitch. But the, the recently I got a thing saying, look, can you watch this video? And it was of adverts and tell us what you think. So I watched it and basically what come up is they're playing a game. I don't know if any of you have seen this. And you know the tick, the new film coming out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The basically. Series, yeah. And I, honestly, I don't know how it works, if it's pre-built or if it's a keyword or whatever. I don't know. But the guys, there's a few people streaming. And all of a sudden, like someone will say a keyword and the tick, the 3D character will pop up on their overlays in, in their stream. And say he says, like, I went down to shop the other day. They'll be like, oh, shop? What about buying this? And stuff like that. <laughs> and, then, and then a 3D advert comes up in the corner. So, like, he promotes... He pops up in your stream and promotes, but he also talks to people at the same time. So you'll say, ah, oh, I lost that bloody game, blah, 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 blah. And he'll jump up and go, ha, ah, maybe I'll do better next time. And he just pops up and pops out. And it's a, new, it's a new form yeah. of advertising that, that Twitch is going to do, I think. Yeah, because that's like that thing you were talking about before, where your Xbox Connect would look at what you've got in your room and it will see that you've got a can of Coke and then yeah. it would then put up adverts for Coke and things yeah, like I that. I heard that. <laughs> That one on the Xbox One, on the thingy, that's just what the, your webcams do. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's something that, that I, I don't know how true it is, but I've heard a lot about people saying your adverts and that. It's like that time with me and Jansen. This is how scary it was for me. I went on a website. I needed to get some mesh made up, and we wanted to buy it in bulk so we could use this mesh in different things. So we went to like a Japanese company on Google, and we couldn't read any of the writing or anything, but we was looking through the pictures. We, just had, we went on there, on there it's about 1 o'clock in the morning, we was on there about 10 minutes when we were just looking at different types of mesh that we could import. Yeah. Anyway, next morning, I get a private written email transferred into English. And I could see it had been transferred into English because of the mistakes in, that in it. Saying, oh, we welcome you over to our factory. You know, we've been given your email, blah, blah, blah. We're going to give you this much money, blah. And it was like a personal email. So over that period of me going to sleep and waking up, Google had given my details of my email, my company email address to somebody. They had got my details and then written me an email. Yeah, and all we were doing was looking at the pictures on their website. We yeah. didn't even... Didn't click on like, anything. Yeah, it, it wasn't a contact us or anything like that. It was literally just looking at the pictures. Crazy. And they were inviting yeah. me to come over to their... It could have just been bogus or something. I don't know, but it, it seemed pretty legit to me. And it was inviting yeah. me to go over there to look at all their machinery, how much it would be to press it all. And I was like, Jans, this is crazy. We looked yeah. at that thing last night, got a private email from their company. But, but the thing <laughs> is, it's all this direct marketing, I don't mind it because I hate if I go on a website and it's advertising like um, something. The, come on, like, minute. All the items uh, that went through your brain in that second that you couldn't say. <laughs> do, do you know what? I'm, I was going to say tampons. <laughs> <laughs> Why is I'm, it? Why is Why it? Didn't you? The funny thing is, why is it I knew that that was what was happening when you paused? <laughs> it's, like, 
I straight away I'm thinking, what's the worst thing that they could advertise for and me? You went, yeah, you went, Terry, t- 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 tampon. How <laughs> <laughs> well, funny! Um, I had to put that in there. That was well funny. Go carry on. Yeah, but then the other thing I was thinking was slimming pills. But oh, what can I think of? That's like just Viagra. <laughs> what's happening here is that game again kicking in brainwashing oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, good right. anyway carry on must yeah. buy tampons <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the thing with like direct marketing i don't really mind it because if i go on a website and there's going to be advertisement you believe on it, it's going to bring them to you what you want to see yeah i'd rather see something that i'm interested in rather than them putting up a big banner advertising like shampoo i wonder what you're looking at bothered about i'm a bit wondered about what what you actually look at because you came up with tampon slimming pills and viagra (laughs) 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 we know your game sonny (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no it is good in a way but but you could you imagine we've done that for one night could you imagine if we was looking stuff every day and was getting every day you'd just be annoyed yeah, but then at least it is something you're interested in. Personal because, level might be all right. Yeah, because the thing is, if you go on a website and you see like the new car that's coming out, then you might look at it and be like, oh, look, that's interesting. It, you don't necessarily look at it and think, oh, I don't want that there because it's something that kind of piques your interest, even if you don't click on it. And so I think with them doing this direct marketing, it it's kind of good in a way. Like it's People might think it's a bit intrusive, but I think it's it's quite good because yeah. at least you're giving me what I want. Yeah. What's this got to do with Windows VR? I don't know. We've we've gone off on one, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. We just went on to Windows 10. <laughs> this, quite this is Nick. This is Nick going off on a tangent. I quite like, like where I'm, it went. I'm in the middle of doing my <laughs> news. <laughs> Tampons. <laughs> I got Windows as far VR as Windows 10 VR and that's it. I, it went... A completely different direction. Sideways. Right, let's get back yeah. to Windows 10 VR then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Windows 10 VR, obviously, we all know it's been in the pipeline for a while. Does uh, that come with free tampons? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get an email tomorrow from bloody Microsoft saying, um, we're not very happy with the way that you spoke about our thing. <laughs> we're trying to promote VR. Or you get, like, body form ringing you up. <laughs> yeah. Sanitary towels. Well, yeah. yeah. you. I hear you're with Windows 10, so you get free Being such a pussy. Right, that's enough. Okay. Crack on. All right, so we're not promoting feminine napkins then. Microsoft for you. <laughs> Good. I wonder how many emails we're going to get about this next month. <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in, you know. That's not out right of me. Yeah, it's yeah. Quite funny. Yeah, so Windows 10 VR, we've known about it for a while. And back when we reviewed the HoloLens, and we did a whole thing on that of all the technology that was in yeah. it, and the price tag was like three grand. But it was more on like a developer's level or like an industrial level. And then we heard about that they were going to refine it down to actual VR headsets. And now they've actually got companies that are investing in making their own versions of it. And so far, they've got HP, Dell, Lenovo, Asus, and Acer. 
they're all going to make their own versions of the Windows 10 VR headsets. And so when you say the VR, I'm lost a bit because you said Windows 10 VR headset. Headsets or operating systems for a headset? No, headsets. They're on headset. So, but they're going to run off Windows 10. So it's going to be Windows 10's So it's version. just going to be another Vive or Oculus, but made by yeah. them? Yeah. yeah. So oh, I don't obviously... Think that won't take off. Yeah, so basically with Vive, it's running off Vive software, Oculus running off Oculus software. It, it's that kind of thing. But they're going to do a bit more of like a an open brand. Yeah, so it's going to be like, like a Windows. graphics card, basically. They send the basic base unit out to all the companies. They all put their stamp on it and sell it off. Yeah, so it's basically, yeah, OEM headsets that they're doing. But each company is going to have their own take on it. So they'll have slightly different designs and slightly different features. So you'll get the base model off your Windows 10 VR headset that's like an Oculus or a Vive. But the difference is they're having this inside out sensors. So you don't have to have room sensors because the sensors are within the headset. And that's like a big thing for a lot of people because they don't want these sensors dotted around their room. And yeah. like, yeah, that's me. Though, cause I don't want them on my walls either. Yeah, and, and that's like a, a big thing that people don't want to do. And with the Windows 10 one, uh, that's one thing that you won't have to worry about. And and the other thing is they're going to have like different versions of it where they're going to have a one called a mixed reality. And it basically gives you the VR when the visor's down and you open the visor and it gives you augmented reality. So oh, really? you've got, yeah, you've got the two in the one headset. But so, so, of, the other, so the other one, the augmented one, that's more like the, um, the, HoloLens. the HoloLens where it's putting stuff into your reality. Yeah, yeah. And that's with and, the visor down, I assume, and then the other one's on your face completely. Yeah. And there's only out, out of the like five companies that are going to be making it, I think only two are going to have the mixed reality. And then the prices vary as well. I think they're going to start around £300, and then the mixed reality ones will obviously be a bit more. I'm quite excited to see where this goes because at the moment it's kind of a battle between Oculus and Vive. You kind of only got the choice of the two. Yeah, but I've and got a third party thing to put in there as well. Did you, yeah. you? You must have heard of this. I know Hans did. Guy has made, basically, out of all the components, he tells you all the components to get and he's made an actual VR headset, which is much better. It's got the eye reading as well and he's got 4K screens. And he reckons that the price was down at like $350 or something. Do you know anything about that or not? Yeah, I've heard about this. And a guy did a YouTube video about it. And he showed you all the components you can buy. And you buy them from China. And you can put them together yourself. With sellotape. But yeah, that's what it looks like. You're basically using ski goggles with two little screens in it. And it's all held together with duct tape. So... It's a piece of crap, but the specs are high. But if you if you don't want to have something that looks like it was made on Blue Peter, then you're going to go for something like an Oculus or Vive. And as well, to run something at yeah. that level, your PC is going to be twice as powerful. You're going to have to have two 1080s. More than that, mate. To, yeah, to, to run something like that. Because if you've Four got... Four 1080 Ti, I reckon. Yeah, you've got two 4K screens, and if you want it at 60 frames... No, that was, it was much higher, though, wasn't it? Was it? I think there were 120 hertz screens. 
All right. The thing is, it's going to be crazy. So the quality might be good. And once you've got your Rick-a-Brack headset on, but you don't really care. It's all about what you see. It might have been a but, matrix or something. Yeah. But the thing <laughs> is, it's like, if you're not into building your own stuff and... Yeah, but I like, thought they would, this guy was going to bring out his own version of it. Yeah, so it's more for like people who just want something off the shelf and they want to pay like a reasonable amount of money for it and they want to be able to run it off their standard gaming PC. These are the kind of headsets they're going to go for. But like you were saying, this guy, he's made one and he's basically saying you can make this for this price with a bunch of spare parts. And I think a Chinese company has looked at that and thought, well, we can produce that. And I think that there is one like that coming out. But I don't know how well it's going to do because people are going to get it, plug it into the computer, and it's not going to run at full capacity. And they're going to be like, oh, well, just wasted my money. Mm. So I think that's something that all these big companies will move on to later on when the hardware supports it. See, I'm, I, for me, like I always want to go with a Vive, but... Just for the price being so low on Oculus at the moment, I've actually thought, do you know what, should I just go for that? And because there's going to be one out in a couple of years anyway, it's going to be a lot better. Should I just go for that for the time being? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, but then now you've got these Windows 10 ones, and then you've got a choice from HP, Dell, Lenovo, Asus, and Acer. So it brings out a whole new batch of VR headsets that you can choose from. And then obviously people are going to be out there doing reviews, and you'll get to see who does what and who has what features and what best suits you and price and things like that. And it just means that you're not tied down to Oculus and Vive. But the thing with this is the reason why I've brought this up is because they're actually going to be coming out quite soon. So what I've read is that they're going to start demoing them from October up till December. And there's going to be certain places around London where they're going to have these set up and they're going to be doing market research on them and doing Maybe we should demos. Go yeah, demos with the public. And I was thinking, yeah, we could go down there, have a go on them, and like we could do our own reviews. Yeah, but, no, maybe we should do that. That'd be good. Yeah, Get some more details. Yeah. We should build one of these other ones. <laughs> yeah, take it with take us. It. <laughs> like get one of those giant cannonball mo- motorcycle helmets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, you, no, get the like the big the, the bike rider ones. The other one's like the skinny little helmet. It's got the metal spike on the top in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like a, a German like, warfighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Windows 10 VR. I really and honestly it, thought when you said Windows 10 VR was going to be looking in vr and have an operating system in your vr headset. oh okay yeah that's no. what i thought you was getting at <laughs> yeah no yeah i think this would be quite good because with it being based on windows it it will just be more compatible with everything that's out there yeah and i think it might leave oculus and rift kind of lagging because when you get something you're gonna like be like oh well, does it work with Oculus? Does it work with the Rift? But then with these ones, you know pretty much everything's going to come out on Windows 10. So everyone with these Windows 10 one, they're going to have it. So all those people will have it, and then Oculus and Rift might have it, and it will be that kind of thing. Why do you keep saying Oculus and Rift? Oh, Oculus and Vive, sorry. Oh, cool. yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> You've yeah. been saying that the whole way through. <laughs> have I? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyone who's listened to this, when I say Rift, I mean Vive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Right. Uh, I reckon we. But... I reckon we're done with the VR there anyway. No. Just... One more thing to add to that. <laughs> Go on. There are leaked images of a Samsung version as well. That's probably inevitable that Samsung wouldn't have brought yeah. it out anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Really, when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. So Samsung could obviously... be pretty good. And then yeah, you're going to get the Apple one. Yeah, but that's <laughs> uh-huh. it. It's like every, everyone, all these big companies, they're all going to bring out their own version. But I've, Samsung are maybe waiting for the others to bring out theirs and then try and top it. And it's almost like that. what they do with an iPhone. It's just PUBG, see, isn't it, with Fortnite? Yeah, it's <laughs> like someone brings something out, they see what they've done, and then they bring out more. Yeah. And that's probably what they're going to try and do with this. Yeah, Apple's going to bring out one. It's like going out five grand, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wait, it only I, works I don't on know. Mac. Do you know what? Just With on it only works on Mac. <laughs> Just off track for a second. I don't know where this is going to go with the old Apple because, like, I know so many people that are just getting, like, a bit annoyed with them now. You know what they're saying, though? They're saying, oh, they're just copying other people, but they're saying, we we see other people do it, but we, but we do, just it do it better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jansen says that's that it. about them. Yeah, it's like they don't want to be the first, they want to be the best. So everyone can bring something out first, but why bring it out if it's not very good? But yeah, that's the end of my news. <laughs> Quick question on that VR. Yeah. Can How long can you play with on VR for? Can you play for four hours? Does it not what, make you sweat? Or, uh, yeah, I, I've never played it for a long time. So I reckon I know. My, the longest I've played it is probably... An hour. Yeah, I know exactly what he's going to say here as well. Because when we was at the show, we went on the um, Oculus Rift playing that uh, Angel game. What was it? What's it called again? Archangel. 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 And you was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it, and you was like, "Yeah, this is amazing." And then you went and got on the PlayStation VR, didn't you? Oh and yeah. That yeah. just yeah, killed that... you off. You couldn't. You couldn't even walk after that. Yeah, that made me sick. Oh, with motion sickness. Yeah, yeah it was like, sickness. really yeah, bad. Instant nausea. He was yeah. like, oh, that's just made it a million times. He goes, oh, I feel sick. I can't move. They, like, you really was cut up about it as well. Is it going to be like this all the time? That to the point, <laughs> he even said, after saying, I'm going to buy Oculus, and I'm going to buy it straight away, saying, I ain't going to get it, I don't think. And we was like, that's, that's a totally different one, isn't it? It's PlayStation yeah. VR. Yeah. That. But it's not, it's no, not it's, as motion's it's not as quick. Like, if you're sat at a computer desk and you're playing Fallout 4, how long do you realistically play it for with, like, a headset on? I think it comes up with an automated message saying, please rest now for a certain amount of time, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I think some of them do, but it's just, if you feel like, like for me, I'll just stay in it and I'll probably get to the point where my neck's killing me because my neck, my head. (laughs) Your head should be on the table. My head. (laughs) (laughs) The vibe would just be hitting the table. The thing is, (laughs) he'll take the headset off, he'll be on the other side of Lying on the floor, <laughs> and he doesn't even realise. I'll like, get over it. Yeah. Six hours straight. I already, yeah, just sitting. At the, I had my new desk, and it was two inches lower than the old desk, and I started getting really bad neck ache. And I was like, "What is this?" And what it is is because I've got my headphones that are massive on my glasses, and I've already got a really big like meatball head anyway. So mm-hmm. my head's really heavy. I have got like a really wide neck to like counter it. But hey, every football head. Yeah, my, my neck just gets <laughs> well achy. And that's one worry for me is like, oh, if I really get into Fallout 4 and I want to play it every day for like an hour a day or whatever, am I just going to get a permanent like achy neck all the time? Where it's You're just going to need a neck brace. Yeah, I think I will. I won't be able to turn <laughs> my head then. It's going to be heavy on your head, isn't it, as well? Yeah. 
They're saying they're a lot lighter, but they still, to me, I think it's quite heavy to have on your head all the time. But one of the main features that a lot of them are saying now is the counterbalance, where a lot of them had so much weight on the front, it's pulling yeah. your head forwards. But now they're counteracting by putting a lot of the technology in the back as well. So it sits more in the middle of your head like with the balance yeah, to stop front you pulling down because that's the yeah. thing when my headphones do that now if i'm sitting here look at the keyboard i can feel the weight of the overhang of my headphones pulling my i'm not, I'm not it sounds funny but it does it actually pulls on me and i can feel the force pulling down on my head and after mm. an hour of playing or, or whatever i get really bad neck ache yeah that's the, the windows 10 vr hope we covered that pretty well right now it's time to move on to the games First off, we're going to talk about, because me and Jansen have both been playing this game, and it's a game that we would have spoke about about EGX, but obviously we weren't going to put it in the news because we absolutely love the game. We actually was walking through the indie bit and we saw it, and at first it looked a bit hectic and it was a game I wasn't, I would, I didn't really, it didn't spark any interest as I walked past it, but then as, because it was right next door to where Jansen was playing the crazy game. Yeah, I'll let you go into it a bit, Jansen, tell me what you think. Yeah, so this game is a production line and it's a car factory simulator and it's by a team called Positech. When we saw it at the show, we walked past it and when we saw the guy playing it, it just looked absolutely hectic because there was so much going on on the screen at one time. Yeah, because it's it's a bit like just conveyor belts, isn't it? With little machines when you're zoomed out. Yeah. And I've actually, because you don't know this, but I've actually played two of their games before. I believe they made Democracy Free, which that's not one that you would have played because it's all about politics no. and politicians and all that sort of stuff. But they also made Big Pharma. Did you ever get to play Big Pharma? No. It's basically a production line of tablets where you're putting all all the same sort of kind of conveyor belts. The level of detail is a lot less, but it was pretty much you've got conveyor belts going on left, right and centre. You've got tablets coming in from one door. And then they get squashed and then they get processed and then you add an ingredient and then they go over there and it adds another ingredient. Similar sort of thing. But mm. the one thing that stood out to me about because I've actually played um, Big Pharma and we actually reviewed it as well. But the one thing that stood out from this game to me was a common ground, which I think was the same for you. It's yeah. a production line of a car factory. So you're yeah. actually not just building like tablets and stuff because Big Pharma was good. You have to do all your research on the different places in different countries with different diseases and stuff. Yeah, because in Big Pharma, you're like you're doing all this stuff to the pills and you're going off and you're like researching all the diseases and what in- ingredients need to go in. With that game, it was quite good, but you didn't stay hooked for too long because the pills don't relate to us, you know. But cars do relate to us, and with the cars, yeah. it's like. You're doing this factory and you can build anything you want. And I mean, this is like the level of detail, like you're going to go on to say, is pretty amazing. And I don't know if yeah. you've ever played this, but years and years ago, there was a game called Detroit. Any of you ever heard no. of that? No. no. Man, the game is ancient. I don't know what year it's from, but it was basically, I've never seen a game like that since. And this game fills that space. It was basically... You design a car, and I'm talking about like Amstrad sort of days. Like that's how long old, how old it is. It was like really, really pixelated graphics, but it'd be like an old-fashioned car. Like I think you started off with like the first Ford, and then you'd put that out. You'd put it on a production line. You wouldn't see all the graphics of it being built and all that sort of stuff like this game is, but you would make the car, the colours, what it's allowed to go out as, if it had steering wheel, if it had wheels, if it had tyres, if it had this, extra seats, leather seats. But then No, you'd... I think I used to play this. 
Yeah, it's a game that you probably would never know. Upgrade. Yeah, but you never would have remembered the name of it. It was like a big red warehouse on the front screen with black cars. And I played it. It's called Detroit, but no one remembers the name of it, same as I didn't. But yeah, it would be an old-fashioned car, and you'd be like, you'd have like the front section, middle section, back section. What wheels you'd have, like what roof, if it was convertible, a roof, or it was very basic for back in the day. But then you could unlock, un- unlock like more cars. You get better cars going on in the years. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. And yeah, you would it. pretty much design your car and you put it out and then it would tell you how many people have bought it and there'd be newspaper reports on it and stuff like that and then you'd earn money and then you'd go and build another one. That was wicked, that game. Yeah, and yeah. if you look back at it now, the graphics, you will probably have in your head a, like graphics of a Porsche or an old-fashioned car looking like something. But now, when you look at it, I'll show you after the podcast. See if you can get it up now. It's called Detroit. Just put it in Google whilst we're I've talking about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> It takes you back straight away to them days when you played it. But the graphics are really, really pants. But it's one of the first strategy games out because they're my favourite games. Anyway, getting back to what I was saying, that game fills the gap in all that period. So it's been years, 20 years. As soon as I saw this production line and got chatting to the, uh, the guy on the stand that was playing it and talking about it, I was just like, I got this nostalgic sort of buzz come over me where I just couldn't stop talking to the guy about it. And I was like, oh, I've got to get this game. As soon as I get back, we're going to get this game. We're going to play it. And I said to Jance, do you think you're going to be interested in it? And you was like, hmm. Then you looked at it and went, what, it's cars? You, yeah. Because you, the same as me, thought it was everything, just like a production yeah. line. Because, yeah. yeah, I thought it was like a factory simulator. So you yeah. could just pick something. So I thought, well, are you going to have a production line of lamps or a production line of toilets or something like that? But as soon as the guy said, oh, no, you're, you're making cars, it's a, like a car factory, then, yeah, it piqued my interest, and then I'm I got more you didn't involved. I'm surprised you didn't say a production line of slimming pills and tampons. That's the next level. Had to put that in there. It just went on. Yeah. This, this podcast is sponsored by... Uh, Body form. Body yeah. Form. <laughs> but, yeah, sorry, dude, carry on. Yeah, so when the guy said it was a car factory, it did, like, pique my interest. So I got more, a bit more involved in looking at what the guy was doing. Yeah. And when he zoomed in, I was, like, really impressed in the amount of detail in the each uh, section that you lay down. Yeah. Because the, the way you work it is you have each part of the car that's being built is put down in a section, then you connect all of them with conveyor belts. But when you zoom in to that one section you get the sound effects of what's going on. You've got the automated robots that yeah. are going in and doing the welding. You can like upgrade got little, them and all that, can't you? Yeah, and you've got all the little engineers standing around by the computers. Yeah. And then and the, as the, you upgrade it, you can add more robots. You can get uh, like better technology in yeah, it. The and tech tree it, is absolutely massive. And this is a question yeah. I've got to ask you because from our, our discussion before we got onto the podcast, Jansen seemed to get a lot further in the game than me. And pretty much has unlocked everything and got everywhere. I built one car and I just kept getting barriers constantly. Now, I don't know if it was because I was trying to do what my like brain was telling me. And you was getting told to do something different. So you sort of got in this lucky route or whatever. But I, mm. I got stuck. As you said earlier, you put down like sections. So at the beginning of the warehouse, you'll put down like it, I think it was the chassis building section, wasn't it? Yeah. So you plonk down this big shape, and everything's got its own shape and sizes and stuff like that. So what you do is you plonk down 
the chassis section and it all starts working when when the production line's finished so you don't see it straight away but once you get to that point it all starts moving but just imagine for a second it's already moving so you put down your chassis section all the robots start welding a chassis you can zoom right in and you're watching the side panels go in the back go on the roof bits going on like the edges but it's still a hollow car just like when they dip them in the paint and that isn't it yeah and so i done that and then I put all like my I've done all the bits in the right order. So I done that, and then I done it to the engine station, and then it went to the painting, and then it went here. Where I got stuck was I built my production line in a row because you have the goods coming in, and then you have goods going out, and then you put these can not conveyor belts, but like big hooks which then drag the cars around, don't they? Like around the conveyor belt, like yeah, brings all the resources in. But what yeah. I could got stuck with was when it went from like I, I think it was on the electronics part. Then it broke down, so you could build your own components. Yeah. So yeah, I so in each section, it's because the way you progress in this game is through efficiency. So you start really basic, and then you expand each section. So, you have so to like delete you said, parts out and put more conveyor belts in. Yeah. Yeah. So what you do, you might have a section where, like, it starts off quite small, where you said you've got the chassis, then you've got the paint. Then you've got the accessories, then you've got the electronics, then you've got the quality control, and then it goes out the door. Yeah. So the conveyor belt is quite short, but the car stays in each section for like two minutes, then goes to the next one, two minutes. So if you want to speed that up, after you've sold a few cars and like you... That's not actually unlocked... true. They're staggered, aren't they? So you go to one and it might take 20 seconds. You go to another one, it might take three minutes. You go to another one, it takes yeah. 30 seconds. So... Yeah. At that point, I sort of thought, right, I've got loads of chassis coming out, so my conveyor belt was all chock-a-block with chassis, but then when it was going into the next section, they were so slow at the next section that I put, like, four of them in yeah, to try and get them through faster. Yeah, because the chassis is really quick. Yeah, my and strategy the paint just didn't work. It's really slow. So, yeah, basically, like, what you can do, but that's where I'm saying, like, the efficiency comes in. So where you've got a chassis coming out, every 10 seconds a chassis comes out, when it gets to the next part where it's getting painted, the paint takes so long that you could actually split the conveyor belt into three and you have three paint booths. So yeah. you've got three cars being painted at the same time. But then when it goes on to the next section, they then go on to accessories. But then the accessories might be really quick. So then you can actually have that split go down to a single one. And then you, you want your conveyor belt to constantly flow. You don't want a backlog. Yeah. So you can have multiples off different stations, but then you can make each station more efficient as well by breaking it down to its components. So when you go to body panels, you've got the one section, but what you meant to do is you delete that whole section. Oh, and then right. You put the individual sections. So That's where do... I went wrong. Okay. Yeah. I left there's, there's the one that the game is really, really nicely built. Really, really good game. The only thing is because it's very early at the moment, there's no real tutorial and yeah. there's a basic tutorial, but it's like not very, doesn't really tell you anything. And my problem was I got to the accessory station and I couldn't work out, do I need to keep the accessory station or do mm. I just build all the other components? Cause it's like underneath the header of the accessory station, you get like bonnet headlights and it breaks down into more and more stuff. And you can yeah. start building this stuff yourself in house somewhere yeah. else and having it transported over to that section yeah so i didn't need to keep my accessory section i just build the individuals yeah so basically what i did i had the main 
like chassis section and I had that as a single because it puts them out so quickly. Then I had it go to the body panels and that split into two. And then that would then split into six paint booths. And then that would be then go on to six accessories. But while you're doing this, you're also trying to balance cash because this game's relentless. If you run out of cash, one P under the zero and the game just finishes. Yeah, Yeah, you you bankrupt. As soon as it goes to zero, it's bankrupt and you start all again. So So that again, you cut out. So Yeah, so when you get to zero, you get bankrupt and you had to start all over again. Yeah. So you should be able to take a loan or something. Yeah, yeah, there, there it, are loans. The thing is, I even learned that. It says, you can take a loan. I'm watching my money go down rapidly because you could take a loan. I try and click it. I've already been sacked. Done. Yeah. Did you do yeah. that? Yeah, because in the beginning, I was like, well, I've still got like 500,000. I don't really need a loan. But then I put a few bits in and then I had 10 grand. Put the engine engine bay department in. Yeah. That's it. Bang, 150 grand yeah. and that's gone. And then it's like when you get to 10 grand, that 10 grand can go to zero in a couple of seconds. Yeah. So what I started doing is when a loan came up, I'd click on it, see what they're offering me. And if it was a low interest rate, I'd just take it. Even if I had a million pound and they'll offer me 200 grand at a low rate, I'd take it just so I had a lot I of money. I didn't even in look into the rates. So I just thought they was all standard. I just didn't take any. No, because they give you like three options, don't they? Yeah. And then yeah. each one has, it's over different periods of time, different interests, uh, different amounts. So if there was one that was appealing, then I'd take it. Yeah. Um, but, but the good thing about this game is as well, which I really, really loved, was the customization. So you build your first car, and it's going to be a basic car. So I put in there, like, um, I think I put a Skoda Octavia or something, because I like naming them all real. Hmm. And I thought that that would be my base car to start with, and I'd go up to, like, Audis and stuff like that, and Porsches, as I changed the look of the car. Yeah. And the game is so, so detailed. It's like I started off with a base model, but then I upgraded because you've got a tech tree. And I mean, the tech tree starts with about 20 items on it. Anything from safety features to extra features to body parts. And then they all break down into like another 10. And they break down into like spoilers, bumpers, blah, blah, blah. And that will break down into more. There's like this bumper, that yeah, bumper. You, you have to unlock each section first as yeah. well. So you have to say safety features. And then over a certain amount of time, it will unlock the safety features, then you have access to them. Yeah, but if somebody else unlocks it as well, they become standard. That means you, if you don't have it on your car at that point, you get downpointed for it because you haven't got something that's standard in the world. Yeah, so you keep getting notifications in the corner about what competitors are doing. So if you put stuff out there that no one else has got, then they become rare parts and you can charge more for them. But then if it says everyone is doing electric windows, if you haven't got electric windows then you won't sell your cars. So you have to then quickly go through the tech tree and add electric windows to all your models to actually stay like in the competition. Yeah, stay on level. I found it pretty hard as well because basically say your production line, you're watching and all your cars are slowly moving on one step at a time. They're making their way all the way to the check like the quality bit at the end. Hmm. And then they go out the door. When they go out of that door, they go into a showroom. And you yeah. can have up to like, I think was it was over 20 cars in the showroom you can have on it. Yeah. yeah. And basically, if your price is right or low, it will say either like it will be budget, it will be mid-range or it will be high. Or yeah. it's got like a load of different ranges. And I yeah. found that like I put out my base car and I started selling it for 25 grand at 50% higher than it should be. Started yeah. selling them, but then it depreciates as the technologies come out. So that yeah. car 
starts getting lower and lower in value. And I notice it's gone down to 22 and it's gone down to 20. And then so I go back to the beginning. My research finishes and it's like, you've got new wipers blades. So I go back and at the beginning, at right at the very beginning, I select on there, I want to add wiper blades to this. And then that, that, that part of the car starts being added and they start building the newer version with the wiper blades. Yeah. But as these are filtering through your workshop, you're getting loads of research. So it's constantly changing, but you're not catching up with the money yet. And I found it really hard because by the time my car had gone from being built at the beginning all the way through, I was five cars in front of that with mm. my technology. And yeah. I couldn't keep up in the showroom with the ones that were more expensive than lower expensive without going into my showroom, clicking on them and changing the price of them all individually. Yeah. So that well, the thing is, nothing stayed in my showroom for more than like five seconds. Because you had so, them on low price. Yeah, so I priced them low enough that nothing stayed in the showroom. And as well, with your research center, how many did you have? I upgraded my research center from the standard to the next like bunch up, and then I had yeah. two lots of them. Yeah, so in that section in your warehouse, because you've got the warehouse floor where you have all your machinery and conveyor belts. Yeah, and then you've got like a green office space. Yeah, you have a green office space, and that might be like 10 squares and the research center maybe takes up like three squares but straight away i got i filled that whole office with research and then as i started making the cars the research was just going through really quick so all oh, right every, so you got in front so so you yeah. must have just done a really lucky combination at the beginning and it well, all it, just paid off it's because I literally played it for 12 hours straight. How many times so, did you start the game again, though? I don't know, 20? Oh, that's why then. See, see me, I, I played, I don't know how, I played loads of hours, but I kept trying to do the safe route because I like to be safe. Mm. You as yours, risker. So I would go in and I'd try it with one of each thing, and even if it's slow, let them feed through. Yeah. And then I came back, I was like, that didn't work. So right, I'll try and balance this time. I'll build one of the long ones. Then I'll build five of the ones that are going to be like uh, that need it more of them there. And I'll build one of them. And that I got really far. But then I just got swamped to research from other companies and I couldn't keep up. And it's one of them games where you just play it and then you just have to keep going back to it because you don't want to be beaten by it. Yeah. Does does your machinery break down? Factory. No, no, there's no maintenance or there's no maintenance like today, and it's purely just building, keeping. It's all about keeping up to date with the latest stuff. Yeah, it's efficiency. It's like the more efficient that you can make it, like the more money that you will make. So it even comes down to the parts you're putting in. It tells you where you're importing the parts from, what they cost. Then you can start making the parts in-house and then you can start stockpiling the parts and things like that. So there's so much more to it. It's all about keeping that flow constant and steady all the way through and keeping the flow as well of customers buying the cars. But the thing is, you're juggling so many microtransactions here, like with different things going on. Yeah. It's like micromanagement that yeah. it's in, it's. I found it impossible not to fail at some point. <laughs> but do you know what? It's like I would fail because at certain points I would kind of get a bit greedy and I'd start doing stuff, but I wouldn't be looking at the money, how quickly it was going down. And yeah. what I in the beginning, I went through the tutorial. As soon as the tutorial finished, I quit that, started a fresh one. Then I started making the conveyor belt, and then I was like, no, I'm doing this wrong. Quit it, started another one. That's what I kept doing. And I was like, no, I'm putting everything too close together. 
And I did that about three or four times until I was like, <laughs> you, you know sound like you've done exactly what I did, but you've just done it for a longer period of time because yeah. I'd done the same thing, put it all in one row. Then I tried it all in a line from one yeah. end of the warehouse to the other. And then I tried putting it one end for the warehouse to the other, but with massive gaps between. So when the breakdown of all the new parts come out, I can go yeah. right to left. spaces, yeah. yeah. And, then, and so... the thing is, in the beginning, I was using the standard warehouse they give you. And I was straight away, I didn't have the space. And I was like, ah, it's too small. It's all right for a tutorial, but I can't build anything. So yeah. I went to the next size up. And I was like, ah, this ain't big enough either. I've done the same so thing and then went to the biggest one. Yeah. So I had the biggest warehouse and then straight away, I only had like three or four tiles taken up, but it literally filled the whole warehouse with conveyor belts. Yeah. And then it goes out the door, but then it left me enough space that then I could have like six spray booths. And then when I upgraded them, I can delete one, but the other five are still going. So whilst I'm upgrading that one, the others are still working and all you do is like when you take a tile out, the production on that line just stops. So all the cars that have been built up until that point just sit on the conveyor belt until you put the yeah. new panel in and then they start up again. So you don't lose any cars. And that's what I was doing. And very quickly, I had my layout that I could make quite quickly. And then straight away, I'd do a full research center, as many research centers as I could fit in that office. And then what I'd do is once I had one conveyor that started making cars and put them out the door, I then put the speed up to maximum. <laughs> and then I just literally can, played the whole game you know at maximum speed. It's funny speed. because I can hear the passion in your voice that's got into this game. You're so excited <laughs> about it when you're talking about it. It's like, yes, and I've done this and I've done that. Yeah. And that's what this I, game is. Yeah, because I felt like the amount of times that I restarted or restarted it got to that point where it just clicked and you i was feel like, like you earned your way there yeah i it got to that point where i was like do you know what i get this now i know exactly how to make this work and that's why i just played the game on maximum speed like with like no issues at all and i, I was like millions i was earning millions really and I had, yeah and the tech tree i unlocked every single thing in the tech tree and as you go through, it's like you've got the parts for the cars. But Did you've you also get the got... supercars on that? Yeah, because you can get the, you unlock a design studio. And then when you click on the design studio, they'll show you the different cars that you can research. So you've got a SUV, 4x4, uh, a compact, and then you've got the sports car, and then you've got the convertible sports car. So what was the most so... expensive car you had? Yeah, it's just the convertible sports car. But what was it though? Like, in what were your sales you getting? Like three hundred grand, hundred million? What for? When, what when, I was charging for the car when they was going out to out to the shop? How much were you selling them for? Oh, well, the sports car was probably selling for like sixty grand. Oh, really? Yeah, there wasn't any like million pound cars or anything like that. All oh, right, I suppose it's a um, production line. They're not custom made, are they? Yeah, yeah. So as well, it's. Um, like obviously compacts and things like that sell a lot but they're cheap they're everywhere but a sports car is a bit more of a niche market so you're yeah. not selling as many and so what i what i do is you go into the schedule of the chassis and then in that schedule you can pick how many cars you want the production to put out so Did you, you use say, that i didn't use that see that's where i went wrong as well I just let my cars keep building and then I'd like up, click an upgrade button to upgrade to the next section like 
a new set of wheels or whatever and then yeah. as it went off i just clicked the next one when it every time i researched i just went and clicked the added it on there yeah because when you go to like the very first block and you it says schedule you can put like compact five and then coupe two four by four one sports two and then it will just make them in that production and you'll you'll then get five compacts and then you'll get one suv and however you but surely you just go for the most expensive ones wouldn't you no because then you've got a showroom full of really expensive cars because they cost them more to make so you might they might be worth 60 grand but it's costing you like 20 grand to make them and then you've got them all sitting in your showroom yeah. because no one's buying them but yeah. with the compacts and the um like the the regular budget cars they're flying out the showroom so you're making millions on suvs but the sports cars are kind of niche so you're not making that much you're, you're putting out one sports car for every 10 compacts yeah and then that's what that's why you've got to balance it out with your showroom because you've got to keep going back to your showroom and seeing what's sitting in the showroom and then you've got to tweak the prices on them and yeah. you, have you pretty much seen everything in the game now then yeah, he's completed yeah. it. He got he, yeah. he sat there for twelve hours nonstop playing it and, and yeah, made sure he I, finished I it. I said to Nick, like I feel like I've completed the game because Is that not a bit quick for a like a management game like this? Yeah, but I think it's still early. Yeah, I think it's very there's, early. there's right, yeah, there's right. still more that they can put into it. Ah, so right, okay. with there's... the production, it, you've got the sections of the the bodywork, the chassis, the paint, this, that and the other, and that's probably not gonna change. But when you break it down and you go to accessories, then you've got like the seats, the steering wheel, the lights, and the air conditioning. Then they could add loads of extras, like they could put sat-nav, Bluetooth, this, that, and the other, which they do have, but it's just as an upgrade button. It's not a, an extra section. But right. with the tech tree as well, I've pretty much unlocked every single thing in the tech tree, but it doesn't just go on parts for the car and the technology for the car. It also goes into marketing. So you can have... Um, like flyer campaigns you can have a radio campaign tv campaign and then you have to open up a marketing department then you have to click on that department and then it will tell you uh, the marketing strategies that they're working on and then it will have tv strategies they've had like 10 failed strategies they've had two good ideas they've had one that's gone into development and things like that it looks a good game that though um if if it's anything like that, Detroit, I'd be interested in. Yeah, that. it is like, like that. Detroit was amazing back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it was back in the day. Detroit was the game that filled that gap. But this hasn't got so much the design work that you had into Detroit. It's got more of like, obviously, it's called production line, and that's that's what it's about. But it is. It's like really excited, like because it's something you can relate to. If you went down to a shop and bought a car, you'd be like, oh, has it got aircon? Has it got this? And they've got every single little detail down to the finest fine tuning of each car of parts. So you can pretty much go, oh, well, we've got to have aircon in our car. Oh, we've got to have ABS braking. You know, yeah. it's that sort of thing. I think what's put me off there is just the fact that you've had everything in the space of 12 hours. You've unlocked everything. Yeah, yeah. but that's only simply because that he's played it for so long and it's such an early access game and it's not finished. When we were talking to the guy... Because I was throwing loads of questions about, and he was saying about there could be an opportunity to open up different factories. Like you start, like theme yeah, park used to be, starting a little one, 
and then go to a bigger one and go into town and go around the world. Stuff yeah, like that. He was saying as well, like you might have a, one factory in one country that produces all the tyres for all the factories in all the other countries. Yeah. So then you export your tyres to all your other factories and that saves you money. Because in this right. game, you have like an economy in it. And when you look at it, you're importing everything. So you're paying top dollar for yeah. everything that comes into your factory. But then you can start making them in-house. You can even start pressing your own steel sheets and things like that. So that's how you save money. But I can imagine that later on, you have your second factory. That factory specializes in the headlights and distributes to all your other factories. And then you save money that way as well. They only but, said uh, that they're going to be in early access for six well, the thing is, there's quite a lot in this game already. Yeah, it's and, really big. Yeah, and I, I think they've got the foundations of it set. And I think for them to add to this probably isn't that hard now because they've got all the technical parts there. It's just adding more content to yeah, what they've already got. Yeah, skins and stuff like that. Yeah. But the thing that I would say about this game that I would like to add is I would have liked to have made this like my own brand. So when you start, it should say to you, what's your name and what do you want to call your brand of car? Yeah. And then when you bring out a new car, it says, look, the first car you're going to produce is a compact. What do you want to call this car? And you could say, well, I'll, I'll call my company Benoit Automotive. And then my first car, I'll call it the Astro. And then you feel like, yeah, it's my brand. It's my car. And then you can choose like body types of the car. So where they're giving you like an overall generalized car, they say, look, here's your four by four, but it looks like, um, like a Jeep. But if you want one that looks more like an X five BMW X five, you can have that more sporty shape. So you should be able to go into, uh, like a creative mode and you can pick body types. You can pick uh, wheel size, tinted windows, things like that. So you can personalize each individual car, more because otherwise you see these cars going along the production line and they just kind of look very generic and you just see them flying out the door and there's no interest in what you're yeah, making you want to design that car yeah so after a while i'm just looking at it as numbers so i'm watching my money go up and down then i'm looking at the the finance that's going in the bank and then i'm looking at the cost of parts and before you know it you're, you're not really looking at like the visuals. You're just seeing numbers up here to match them with numbers over here to see what how many cars going out, how many cars are in my showroom, what's the yeah. marketing department doing. But did you and, find it after a little while it just becomes so much going on, there's so little space of time that you're just getting hecticer and hecticer and you just can't keep up and then you're just like, ah, it's all going wrong. It, no, because he completed it. Yeah, he made, but he there, made it past that initial yeah, hard stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there is that point in the game where you get halfway and things start costing so much and your money is fluctuating so much that one minute you've got two million pound then you look and you've got a hundred grand and it's dropped so quickly because of what you've done and your cars aren't selling quick enough for the extras that you've put in because you can upgrade every single thing as well so when you put a new spray booth you can upgrade the um the actual spray booth but then you can upgrade the fans that dry it you can then split it between like a a primer a primer drying a paint the paint drying but then each section then 
you can upgrade the machinery in each thing. But when you click on it and you're like upgrade, it will say, do you want to upgrade all the machines to this level? When you click yes, as you hover over, it tells you what it's going to cost. And as you're going through, you're just like, click on that upgrade, click on that upgrade. But when you actually stop and look, you put your mouse over it, it's because you've got so many things in that one section. In the beginning, it's saying to upgrade this costs two grand. An hour later, to upgrade the same thing, it's costing you 50 grand because you've got so many things going on in that one section. And when you're like clicking upgrade this, upgrade that, upgrade this, before you know it, you spent a million pound upgrading robots. That's how like you can lose track of your spending and it can like bankrupt you really quick. And the same with my research department. I put the biggest research department I can in straight away. I mess up. Let, and then let them like research really quick. And when I see my money dropping, I delete all of them and I leave one. And then as my money builds up again, I put them all back again. And it's just things like that where you have to be so on the ball. But then after a while, your tech tree is so full, you don't need that department anymore. So you delete all of them. And it is just management, isn't it? It's just yeah, it's yeah, the it's whole just, thing. And it's realistic management as well. It's like you make a mistake, you're getting severely punished for it. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you make one mistake, like me. I made one mistake. I thought oh, I'll put another research in. That went well, and I started researching more stuff, and I'm still making a profit. I thought that worked out. I'll try another one. Put another one in. Bang! All my money went. Everything started going wrong, and it just all fell to pieces. Hmm. You know, and but, as well, you've got you've got things to make the actual warehouse more efficient. So in the tech tree, you can unlock power consumption. So at the top, you'll have a chart and it will show you how much power you're using. And the more things you put in, the higher the number goes. But you've got a zero, slash, and then a number. And that second number is the power you're using. But you can counteract that by installing generators. So when you install these little generators, it will put that first number will go up, we'll say 10. So it means that you're using... 20,000 watts of power, but you're inputting 10 watts of power with your generator and it offsets your electricity bill. So I can't we just put loads and loads of generators and make money out of that? No, because it says that you can't make money off the power. You can only offset your bill. Oh, right. So you can get the basic generators or you can get these advanced generators. And so my power consumption was always around 20 to 30 thousand watts and then i'd put four generators and then that would make it say like eighteen thousand watts that i'm generating so even when i've got a full running factory i'm only paying for like ten thousand watts when i'm actually using yeah, triple that i got up to like twenty thousand yeah there's no limit to what it can go up to but the more you're using the more you're paying for electricity but those generators they might cost like 80 grand each so you can't just think, well, I'm going to chuck like six of them down because then that bankrupts you. And what your electricity bill is, you, well, is it worth me putting a million pound worth of generators when I'm only paying a thousand pounds a day on electricity? It's quite funny because everything you're explaining, I can relate to all of it. Every single little detail you're saying, I, I've got interest in that. I think to these boys on here, I think they've all gone to sleep because they've heard enough <laughs> of us. Yeah. But if you do play the game, and if it's a game that you sound like you're interested in, me and Jansen can talk about these kind of games all day long, which you might already think we spoke a lot about it for a game that you, you don't really know. But check it out, Production Line, because it is a really, really good little game. you know, And it's, it's, it relates to like all the cars, upgraded 
upgrading cars and stuff like that. So check it out, Production Line. I really, really liked it. Jance, you definitely liked it. I could already tell that by the way you're talking yeah, about it. And it's highly um, addictive as well. Yeah, and I hope you lot, the way we explained it, I hope you can un- understand you lot on the podcast, can understand where we're coming from. And on Steam at the moment, it's 11 99 Yeah, so it's not even a bad price. You know, you're going to get all the hours out of it. 11 hours, 12 hours for 11 99 pounds yeah. an hour. Yeah. So... But right, moving on, what we're going to have to do is, because we had a few games to talk about on this show, but we're going to sort of cut it back a bit, because we've, to you guys, it's probably about two hours or so, but to us, we've been recording for multiple hours, because we've been having quite a laugh on it whilst we've been doing it. So uh, I just want to talk a bit about Ark. Now, we played Ark on the first ever podcast, and we got into it, and it was very basic about and it was in early alpha, I believe. It had lots of bugs and lots of people were complaining about the graphics and how it wasn't optimised and then they brought out the Direct 12. Now, I've got to say, I've been wanting to get back into this game for ages and I wanted to set up a nice server and get it all running before I did so. I spent some time working on the server. But anyway, we've got the server up and running now. If anyone's interested in Ark, it's called Extreme PC UK. You'll see it, you just got to go onto the list and find us. It's on a private server. Basically, anyone can get in there, there's no password on it. And we've put loads of mods and that in there. But I've got to say, the graphics in Ark now are amazing. The, the maps are amazing. Our Ark server is called a cluster server. So what we will be doing as the world gets bigger, because at the moment there's only about 20 people on there, but we want to try and get as many people in as possible because we want to get some tribe warfare going on. So we've got an extreme PCUK UK tribe. All of us are building in one area. We've got another tribe called the Fried Dodos. They're building in another area. But we want to get multiple tribes in because you can actually commit war against each other and you can sign treaties and stuff like that. What I will say is we've all started building in one area and it's really, really good. Like We've got a whole community of people on there. Every night we're all chatting on there and we're building together and we're going exploring together. What we have done is we've, like I said, with a cluster server, you, once that map fills up, I can put another map on there and then it'll be a separate server. But you can jump with all your dinosaurs, all your characters all your upgrades straight into the next map so you can go from one map to another. Matt, you've been playing this. You haven't been on it in the last couple of days, but you've been playing it and you've been on there quite a lot, haven't you? I have, yes, yeah. I've... Especially, yeah, just trying to level up and catching up and building. Yeah, see, now there's a lot more people on there building in the same area, so it's like a little town. But what I've done since you was last on is we started adding mods. With Ark, the new version of it on the server, what's good is when you click on my server it will automatically download the mods for that server. So we've got one called Dino Nests, and you haven't seen it, you ain't seen none of this yet, Matt, but I'll explain to you on the podcast, the same as everybody else, and then you can tell me what you think. We've got random Dino Nests, so you could be on the map anywhere, because you can tame all the dinosaurs, like with Narco and Arrows and stuff like that, but with the Dino Nests, they randomly pop up, and it will be a, a random egg in a nest somewhere that you could be walking around and find it. Like I found a T-Rex one, luckily. The thing is, even though when you tame it, it takes a few hours to do an, an egg, it takes about an hour to actually keep the egg the right temperature. Yeah. And then once that egg's ready to hatch, then you've got to nurture it from a small dinosaur right up to a big dinosaur, which is pretty cool because some people think, oh, I'm going to get an egg, I'm going to get a dinosaur straight away, but that don't happen. It takes ages. Um, it does. It's quite painstaking, especially yeah. when they've hatched as well and you've got the little siblings and you really have to take your time and feed yeah, them you have to and feed, feed them regularly you have to grow their yeah. stamina and all that sort of stuff mine died yes yeah, but it is good because you get a tech tree not a tech tree a history like tree now of all the the parents and that so it will say like me and matt dinosaur had a baby and it was that and that one had a baby for this it does a family tree and we called it jansen 
I could have said something really bad then, but I won't. Another one we've got on there, another mod, is called the Upgrade Station. It's, I think it's volume 1.8. What this does is, it allows you, you know when you find items in the world, it allows you, one, to break down items back into resources. So if you need a rare item and you find something in, like, the light tubes, or, well, like, because you find these, like, loot spawns, if you find something you don't really need, you can take it there and you can break it down and get the resources back. Also, say you get, like, you find, like, a sword. You can get different levels of that sword. I didn't know if you know this, Matt, or not, but you can get, like, weak ones up to stronger ones. What yeah, I saw almost a primitive one. That's not I've seen so far, anyways. So what it does is it allows you to get extra resources in order to upgrade them. So you can upgrade them up all the way to, like, the highest level at the up at this station as well. It does that. It does. Um, it does loads of different things. These upgrade stations, but you have to unlock all the stations as you go. Another one I've got is a thing called Pillars Plus, which is just pillars. But like, say you want to build a bridge, you can put one pillar down, and then you can like adjust the length of it. So if you're like a thousand feet up in the air, going over a cliff, you can just put down one roof tile, put a pillar in the middle of it, and then put it to like a thousand feet, and it will drop downwards into the floor. So you can build these really, really high walkways across to other other areas. Um, that's another mod we got. We've got a backpack mod where you can have like you can build backpacks 50%, 100%, and 200%. So you can carry a lot more stuff. And we've got one yeah. called Snappy Saddles where when you get a saddle on the back of a big dinosaur, like a platform, you can actually snap to it. So you can build a massive house on the back of it properly rather than it all being looking really weird. But yeah. All I wanted to get a point across is Arc Server is really, really good. Get yourself, get all your friends on there. I'd be more than happy for someone to come on there and make up brand new tribe. And even because what we do is every single tribe that comes on there will get their own in the in the actual Discord. They'll have their own tribe room. So we'll have Extreme PC UK's tribe. That'll be all us lot. Then you'll have, we've got the Fried Dodos. They've got their own tribe. So when they come on, they go in there. And everybody that has their own tribe can have their own room. So... All they've got to do is go on Discord, click on our room and say, right, we're going to have warfare with you. And we could get some really good battles going on, you know. But yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to have that with yeah. that part of the PvP. Yeah, oh, that's another thing we're going to do. At the moment, it's offline protected. So if everybody goes off the server, as soon as you go off, you get like 30 seconds and then you're, no one can damage any of your stuff. When we get to the level where there's loads of people on there, we'll turn that off. Or we might even put it so that the PvP switches on at certain times of the day. So like maybe every weekend from 1pm till 5pm, that'll be PvP. So everyone can go around raiding. But it means everyone will come on at the same time because they know that's when it's dangerous. Yeah. Are you going to add other maps on top of this map? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This map at the moment, I've got to wait till this map to get a bit more busy because at the moment we've only got 20 players in there at the moment. But hopefully after it goes on the podcast we'll get a lot more and if everybody could just go to arc server list go on there and just click the vote up you can do it every 24 hours if everybody just keeps voting that that's playing we will get to the top of the list we'll get lots of people in we can have 120 people on per server so you know it could be really really good if we all back it and we all sort of get in there you know opposite end of the scale people start dying out and not playing it anymore because there's only 20 people on there no one's really come on if it goes that sort of way then the server will end up just disappearing and we'll end up with another different server but i I've really think it's got the potential for everybody to get on because just with us lot in the podcast on there and there's about i don't know about 10 of us playing together every night even if no other people come on we can still go hunting together to try and get the bosses you know yeah i think it'd be great fun with all of us just in there and just having a good time. 
Yeah, because that's what we're doing at the moment. People jump on and everybody's mm. wandering around their own little house and they're, I'm going to go and tame this, I'm going to go and get this, anyone want to come exploring with me? And that's what we've been doing. Like recently, me and Blood Reaper have been going to a cave because there's a boss in there, it says, but we just keep getting taken out by spiders and centipedes. So it's been really, really funny where we're jumping on these on these flying things. I think it's a griffin. And, we, and they chase us out of the, out of the uh, cave and then we jump up in the air, we fly, shoot it a few times, and we jump in down, we go back in the cave, lure some more out. But it's been really, really funny. But yeah, I just wanted to get the point uh, across about Ark, because our Ark server is a really, really nice server. It's got the potential to be really, really good. If anyone's got any interest or they want to set up their own tribe, feel more than free to come in and even battle us if you want. But yeah, Ark server, extreme piece of UK. Check it out. Get on and come fight us. But um, yeah, moving on with the games. What we, we had a couple more games to talk about, but it's just got literally way too late to carry on recording. This is like... We're into like just going over the third hour now, and it's very late at night already. So we're going to save these games for next month, because the problem I've got at the moment is we've been so busy that we haven't had time to actually get the podcast out on time, let alone edit in time. So I'll be editing this next couple of days. It'll probably come out like on the 5th or the 6th of the month, which is pretty late, which I don't like to do. Yeah, we'll make sure we get a lot more games in next month. We don't waffle on too much about uh, like just rubbish, really, boys, yeah? Well, the thing is, we had quite a long news section this yeah, month. Yeah, so it was more about EGX, really, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, that's all about our ARC server. There's, there's, we've got a couple of questions, but we're going to move them over to next month as well because it's just gone on so long. Next month, we'll have a lot more games and a lot more questions back to the sort of normal format. But for the time being, I think that's just, we just call that a night, boys. Cool. Cool. You know, so uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Get onto our ARC server. Check out the games we said and uh, yeah, give us some feedback on your thoughts and stuff. And uh, we'll go from there. Right, we'll see you all later. Goodbye. Cheerio. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Dream.